0: To sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars Pump Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case Welcome to Jedi and Jedi A project that began with Clone Wars And now they never end
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, after the destruction of Topoka City, The Bad Batch must make a daring escape from a sinking city while also facing Crosshair. There will be sunny days ahead apparently, Guess we're wrapping up season one of Bad Batch. We are talking about The Bad Batch. Episode Camino Lost this week. How you doing, Chris?
2: Jeez, I wonder how this episode ends.
1: With a sunny day.
2: I know they just spoil it right in the in the in the title, though.
1: <laughs> I actually I have a note about that sunny day because it's interesting symbolism to me because it's like this really low point and everything's destroyed and on fire, but like. Sunny days are usually symbolic for like good things, and so like so that that's definitely one of my notes I want to discuss as we yeah. get get to the end of it. So, well, there was
2: a mixed message because there were also flames and smoke and <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. How you doing this week? Eh, not bad. Yeah, I'm kind of there. We both just kind of had a week. I
2: had a very busy week.
1: Yeah, I had just a normal week i i wrote my first uh recap for dead in paranormal park uh, i published it i need to watch the next episode that so i can do my next one so I've had, I've had a very normal week myself so nothing interesting i there was a tiny little bit of interesting star wars news
2: tiny bit i've got a little star wars news too
1: Ooh well the the tiny bit was, and of course, this is out like two weeks later, so it's a little old now, but Star Wars Visions was nominated for an Emmy today. that
2: makes sense, yeah, I can see that for sure yeah.
1: and and I think we discussed this when we were covering visions, because um, I think they submitted the Village Bride, and we were debating whether or not that was the best one and i and I still stand by, I think it is um. So I, I'm interested to see how it does at the Emmys compared to other shows. So we'll see.
2: We'll find out.
1: What, what's your tiny bit of Star Wars news?
2: Oh, I just found out today that there was a guy named Patterson. And if you look around the Internet, you can probably find it. Find it who made a two and a half hour Obi-Wan edit. Where he would the the six part miniseries and turned it into a two and a half hour movie.
1: I saw that you sent that to me. Did he take things out of episodes?
2: Oh yeah, no. He he pared it down. He 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 made Reba. I, I guess I haven't watched it yet. Obviously, I just found out about it, but it's it's making it's by the time this comes out, I'm sure people it start. It was I saw like an art. There were articles about it in like Variety and uh and uh yeah he he cut it down to two two and a half hours and took out anything that was you know he he tightened up the pacing of it he uh took out any any stuff like i guess he took out the whole part where they were chasing luke at the end and
1: uh but that's important to reva's redemption
2: well reva dies in this one (gasps) He also he also makes Riva a more powerful character by sort of you're gonna hate this too, taking out a lot of the other inquisitors. So it's focused more on Riva, and she is like part of her.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm seeing red. Well, Uh, yeah,
2: he's 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 it. he was doing it on the theory that the guy who who was in charge of it it was originally going to be a movie, and. uh,
1: we, that's so interesting, because we actually talked about that on Gold Squadron days because, um uh, uh, me and Bradley and Charles were talking about that because they had both binged it in one day to get ready for the this is actually the uh. opening conversation that we have in this episode. Um they were they binged it in one day, and Charles was like, it's like three and a half hours. It's the return of the king extended cut, and it works. And we we talked about like, what would be cut if it was a movie and we in the cut is Reva. But the thing is is like by killing her absolutely takes away why her story was so goddamn powerful. Because it's well the, yeah because it's, 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 it's live action redemption. Which and, and then it falls no I'm not done. I'm mad. Hold on <laughs> let me get it let me get my anger out of me Chris. I love you. Uh <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at this guy. Because the whole point is we've been stuck in this horrible lazy like, subpar, horrible trope that the only way to get redemption is fucking death. It happened to Darth Vader. It happens to Ben Solo. And the thing is, like, we are starting to see this change in animation, but we haven't had it yet on live action. And so to have, like, Reva actually have redemption on li- uh, in live action and not die is actually quite historic and groundbreaking well, for this fucking franchise but it's
2: not a re-release of it it's a fan edit of like how would i make this into a two and a half hour movie so oh, so there's so that that so i yeah but the, i mean i mean if you're making it into it's it's a it's a six-part miniseries if you're making it into it if you're doing it into a i mean that's just that's the awfulness that the you know the the horror of and beauty of editing is okay so you have to make this into a two and a half hour movie you have to pick the core you have to pick what your core story is and that's got to be Obi-Wan and Darth Vader at that point and and Princess Leia so everything so I'm I haven't seen it yet but I'm betting that uh the way the, the the way they portray Reba is just Riva? as as Reva is more as more of a um just just more of a you know character you know a an evil character you know a a, a character oh. that's sort of driving driving things forward you know almost physically so it's probably there's I, I don't know if they have like you know they might not even have the scenes at the um with the little kids, you know the flashbacks and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very, I'm very interested on in a technical level. You know, it's it's obviously going. There's no way you're going to do it without destroying major parts of of the. Uh, and apparently, he did. He he like did some like made new scenes in. I can't remember what the name of that program is that you can you know make stormtroopers walking around and stuff but he did that to even out some stuff and rescored the end with duel of the fates and stuff like that but he i guess it was i guess there's been like four or five of these already but this one uh, apparently is very technically like people are like wow this was done really like a lot of the people on obi-wan were like yeah, this is very similar to what we would have done as a movie, and a lot of people doing like a lot of like saying this is really good, but you know if you're gonna watch it, make sure that you also have a uh, subscription to Disney Plus and uh, have watched the you know watched it after you've watched the original and you know know it's just a fan blah 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 blah, but um, yeah apparently apparently it's it's very good yeah. Uh, I don't think he did anything like he was like, I have to take this this stuff out, you know, to fix... He wasn't trying to fix it as much as, how would you make this into a, into a you know, movie theater, you know? And, like, probably wanted to originally cut it down to, I'll bet you, like, two hours and 15, and was just like, I can't do it, you know? But... Anyway that's that's out there for people to watch my, it uh.
1: my lips are so person my eyes are so big because I'm me- like because all I heard the whole time was, I need to make this a two and a half hour movie, so I'm gonna take a very lazy writing trope that's been done over and over and over again, especially in those franchise and take a really fleshed out, well-written character and turn her into a mustache twirling villain cause that's easier. Well, we don't
2: know well, because we don't know that, are... well, oh that's we don't know. Neither of us have seen it. so
1: I know, but you're not selling it well.
2: <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying I'll tell you, what, you I, as, as an editor as an editor I would probably make similar decisions because you can't tell like you, you're trying to get it down to the core of what it is and that's you know you're trying to bring it you, you like in that two and a half hours I would be thinking to myself I am trying to bring the 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 um, climax of the the movie would be the the final fight between darth vader and where they're giving like absolution to each other that is like the crux of the movie and then with a a nice little you know epilogue to slow down at the end with leia you know i and and like that's that's sort of what you got to work with and like all the all the other ancillary characters and stuff that's my thing that's
1: my thing that's my thing I would argue that Reva is a main character over Leia. Like there are three main characters of Obi-Wan. Vader, Obi-Wan and Reva. Like those are the three yeah. main characters yeah, yeah. because no, Leia would, uh, is a I support character, that. is a support character to Obi-Wan. Like she's just a catalyst for his change and she's a support character for his story. Mm-hmm. And like uh, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what because you're right. You're right. I will absolutely give you that. Neither of us has seen it, so I'm just getting mad based on what you're telling me. I want you to watch it and then come back and report to me.
2: I will try to. I'll try to watch it in the next. I'll try to watch it in the next week. And it's somewhere, somewhere in here because I really want to watch it.
1: If comes I, to worse when I you're mean, editing this edi- episode, then you'll remember, and then you can tell me. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> But no, but that's going
2: to be. I will I'll, we'll be editing this one for a couple of weeks. That's no, fine. The, the, the thing about the the thing about it is is the they they did do that though. <laughs> they did do they they did do the 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 story with her and 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 didn't kill her for redemption. So you know that's that's canonically what it is. And this is this is the like this is the like what if this was obi-wan kenobi you know and you had to go to the theater to see it and it was it was a standalone movie you know and then if you if you wanted to do her story in it too then all of a sudden it's just the mini you know you would have you would start being like well we can't cut this out now because this explains this and then all of a sudden you're only cutting like 20 minutes out of the series and
1: it makes me it- wonder like what they're doing with like characters like Tala. Well, or like roken or hasha
2: yeah you know it's it's uh it's that's that is and that is the 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 unseen story of so many movies and books where like all of us like there's so there's so many stories that probably we would have loved the hell out of that never made it onto the screen or into a book because on on an edit or a you know on a pass through the script or a pass through the the manuscript of the book they are just like i really like this character but they don't you know i'm in 600 pages and i wanted to keep this 500 pages and it's like it's the it's the kill your children is is the is the foundation of editing is you're, you're, oh, you're throwing all these things that you love just on the fire and going, goodbye.
1: <laughs> I, I I actually absolutely understand that because I'm having to do that in an arc that I'm writing um, right now for my fanfic. I essentially had to cut, like, two chapters because I was like, this is not doing anything. It's just character fluff. So, so I do get it. I do get it. And that's why you're right. Like, neither of us has seen it. I'm losing my temper over nothing which is why I want you to watch it and report back to me because I have a feeling if I watch it, I'm going to go in biased. I'm going to go in angry yeah. now that I know these things. So I want you to watch it and report back to me. And if it, if it's a few weeks before you come back to me and you're just like, hey, we were editing this and I wanted to report back to you, totally fine. I'm interested in knowing. So whew, now that I'm fired up, you ready to talk Jeez. about that batch?
2: I didn't expect that to fire you up. I, I, I thought you were going to be like, oh, cool. this is. It's like...
1: I I mean
2: I look at it I'm looking at it as like alternate universe you know, here's an I alternate think, think universe is where Obi Wan was a movie.
1: I think what it is is that, and I and I get that. I think what it is is that there was so much like <laughs> yes fandom menace bullshit hatred around Riva, and so it just feels like a shitty attempt at an edit to like destroy the character and like and and so. When well, I hear that like the thing that was cut and changed the most is Riva, it makes me like throw up red flags of like there's an issue with this. Because I don't know there if that's so I much- don't
2: know if that's the thing they change. I mean, it, it sounds like the thing they change the most. That's just one of the list of things that they they sort of did. And they and like I have a feeling since it's being like written about in variety and stuff like that, that it's not the you know they probably picked it because it's really good and it's not one of those sullen like i'm gonna cut all the girls out of this and i mean he was saying he actually wanted to make he wanted reba to seem more like a you know a, a more potent threat so he just said you know having Having all the Inquisitors, you know, taking all the inquisitors out, it made her seem like, you know, the leading force. With you know, bringing in stormtroopers and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm intrigued. So, anyway, bad batch. What do you think about Camino Lost?
2: It's. It was pretty good. It. It. It was. Uh, now, now, you know, the brain is a funny thing because we're like, we're going to have to see how this plays out. Because honestly, I didn't remember exactly how it played out, especially the stuff with um, crosshairs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was like, okay, we'll see how it played out. But it sort of played out exactly like we were <laughs> talking about it playing out last week, you know.
1: I, I have a point about that um, because I like the episode. Yeah. I think I would have liked it if it was an hour long episode last week.
2: Because I mean you could you could watch them like that. You know, maybe that's the the best we can do is be like in the future this this sh- if you're watching it you should watch it.
1: But that's the thing. They they aired on different weeks. Right. They, they were a week apart. It's not like this aired and that these both aired on the same week. Yes. They were they're so we're doing it as scheduled. Right. So oh, it, no
2: no, not for us, but for other people. For other people can like, you know, this 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 episode is probably best watched, you know, back to back with the other episode, which I imagine most people would do if they were like doing a watch through as you would want to sort of, you know, get a little little ending to it. So
1: It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the season one finale of Resistance because we had the exact same problem where... It was the first episode had like all the emotions and all the like the like all the the feelings right. and stuff like that. And then Hosni and Prime got destroyed and we and then the second episode was just like, and now we're escaping. <laughs> I, uh,
2: <laughs> I, I I would almost argue it would have been a good 45 minute episode, like one 45 minute like they could have done this in in like one sort of longer sized. Well, yeah. I guess forty-five minutes would have is yeah, but like you know, like it, they they could have done it in less. They could have cut these two together and cut it down uh, because there was a little like not in the action part. Well, even in the action, yeah, there was like a the lot whole, of running and the
1: whole turtle bit where they're in the tube. Yes that's like a, that's like a five-minute chunk right there, and I'm just like they could have just gotten to the tube and got to Nellis and been like, fuck, we're stuck again, like. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, when it's, and I, and I don't want to dump, because the sinking of the city is really cool, but there's a lot of shots, there's like two or three shots where they're like, we're sliding and holding on, and we're sliding and holding on to things, we're sliding some more and holding on to things more, like, like there's a lot of, like, kind of repeats.
2: It, it got into video, video game territory, where it was like, okay, gotta get to a goal, and it's just like, things keep happening. And we have to solve each problem to get to a, a thing, but at the at this point, it's at the end of like of sort like not it, it it's sort of th- things have resolved and and settled in as far as like the empire's been like okay get rid of we're we're burying all our 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 bones our bodies and uh so it's the only thing left is like how are these people going to survive and there's sort of like you know um what's going to become of of crosshairs you know what's he going to decide or whatever but that sort of got like there were there were there were comments we were making on last week's show like maybe crosshairs is just is just a dick and then you know it turns out he is you know, so a lot of that stuff was really sort of already um already talked out and 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 there. So then it just sort of played out again at the end, you know, and throughout this episode.
1: I felt that was definitely crosshair and hunter. The ones that I liked a lot were Wrecker and Tech having their go. That's yes. what I like, because it was different. I,
2: I, I was going to mention that, but I stopped because I have notes on it later. I have notes on, on that, but... too.
1: And, and and that's the difference, because, like, all the Crosshair and Hunter stuff, like, the only really different thing that Hunter presented was, hey, the Empire left you for dead. And, like, that's the only different thing. And then anything else was from last week, like rehashing last week. Yeah. But
2: yeah.
1: But um, the, the Rucker and the tech conversations, I, I liked. So we'll get into it. You ready? Yes. All right. Camino Lost is the 16th episode of The Bad Batch and the final episode of Season 1. It aired on August 13th, 2021. Um, Oh, it's almost a year old, actually. Happy almost birthday this episode. Actually, by the time this comes out, it will be pretty darn close to its birthday. Happy year old birthday episode. It was written by Jennifer Corbett and directed by Saul Ruiz. Some extra information for you. The currently unnamed... The currently unnamed Imperial Medical Officer that appears at the end of the episode with Nala Say is voiced by Helen Sadler. Um, she's still not named um, on Wikipedia. She's still not named. I'm assuming they're probably going to name her in season two, but when we get there, I'll update that. Um, she's currently. <laughs> Helen Sadler is currently the voice of Rey in the Lego Star Wars franchise, including the upcoming Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation that we have talked about and we are going to be covering in a few weeks. Um, She is also the voice of Havina Von Reg in Star Wars Squadrons, as well as she has also voiced Jen Erso in some of the web series. The medical officer's uniform is mighty similar to Dr. Pershing from The Mandalorian, Both of their logos on their uniforms took inspiration from Kamino cloning images from Attack of the Clones. And finally, just a friendly reminder, again, Nalase is brought to Mount Tantus, uh, which again is known in Legends materials for being a cloning facility. You know who's our Mount Tantus?
3: (laughs) Yoda doesn't remember Mounting Tantus.
1: Yeah, but you are you are like our our big mount. You're a big mount Yoda. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yoda
3: does not know exactly what that means, but you will take it.
1: It's a compliment. I get I don't know. I'm just going out of my ass. How you doing, yes, Yoda?
3: A compliment for Yoda. A
1: compliment for Yoda. How you doing? Good. I'm sorry you're doing good cuz I might ruin your day.
2: <laughs>
1: Why? Because I don't have a question for you, Yoda. I just wanted no to give you a question
3: for Yoda.
1: No, because I wanted to give you a very fair warning. Because I love you and you're my friend.
0: Right.
1: I just, I just, I wanted to give you a fair warning.
3: Spit it out.
1: So <laughs> you know, so you know, this week is the last week of Bad batch, correct? Yes. Yes. And then the new show. Yes, and so next week, we will be wrapping up Bad Batch Season 1, right? Wrap it up. Absolutely. Next, the week after that, two weeks from now, we're doing Mandalorian Season 2. Which means that Grogu is going to be back. No. Uh Uh-huh. No, not back. Yeah. Oh, yeah he's gonna be back his we we were already in the process of moving in his trailer and getting it ready for him not,
3: not back yeah not back we're, 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 grogu.
1: we're ordering in his favorite snacks
3: mm, Making, Yoda will make some snacks for grogu mm, No.
1: No, you can't do the, the brown M&M trick
3: yum, again. Yum, you yum, yum. You cannot
1: do the brown M&M trick again.
3: Oh, is Grogu hungry? Hungry are you, Grogu? No, yum, 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 You're not
1: allowed to feed him brown M&Ms anymore.
3: Okay, sure. Yoda won't feed Grogu anything.
1: No, 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 no cyanide?
3: No, 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 no
1: you have to and and you gotta be nice to him
3: sure very nice to Grogu. yoda will be very nice
1: very nice very okay nice. all right i, nice, but I yoda I, but i would just i want and, and you know what we scheduled you a very how, chris how many episodes of season two of mandalorian like 10
2: I don't know. Yeah, eight or
3: we ten, s- something like that. We scheduled
1: you a lovely ten-week vacation, Yoda.
3: Oh yes, maybe Yoda staycation.
1: No, it, it, it be nice staycation, a nice vacation on Scarif.
3: No, Yoda doesn't feel like traveling. Could get COVID. Yeah, just stay home, play video games. Okay. Mm, do some cooking.
1: All right. But I, would, so I wanted to give you a very fair warning that Grogu is back in two weeks. And I expect you to be on your good behavior.
3: Good behavior from Yoda. Yes. Very good behavior.
1: All right.
3: Yoda will be a master behavior.
1: Okay, good. He will
3: be behaving all over the place.
1: I want you to yeah. set the example. Set an example for him.
3: Yoda will be a big exemplar. Okay. As friendly Yoda, the example.
1: All right, Chris. We gotta get all the knives out of this (laughs) area.
2: That was creepy.
1: All knives, all poison, anything, anything that you can go into Grogu's mouth. We we gotta, we gotta take care. We gotta, we we need to order some extra security.
2: (laughs) You ordered security for Yoda. I don't know if we can afford that.
1: Maybe we can ask Jean to come hang out for like.
2: Yeah. Why would you want to do that to Jean? I mean, Yoda can mess up Palpatine.
1: That's valid. <laughs> Who's someone we hate? <laughs> Be like, yeah, someone, hi, person we hate. Do you want to hang out with this very big star and look, keep on the lookout for an old frogman who might try to murder him? Please? Thank you. No, we're not paying you. You're getting paid in clout. <laughs> Oh, it's like working as a freelance writer. You get paid in clout, not real money.
2: Yeah, funny the thing is, cloud is also the name for when someone whacks you upside the, the head.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look it up, suckers. Oh, man. Anyway, uh... Uh, I'm preparing myself now for eight to ten weeks of Yoda being a mess.
2: Oh, uh, I, you know what else I forgot to tell you? I'm in mourning, Hope. For what? It was in your state. It happened in your state. They blew up the Georgia Guidestones. My Georgia Guidestones got blown up, Hope. I,
1: I know, I know. And then the crazy politician lady who called for them to get blown up got swatted last night. Really? She got swatted, Chris.
2: Oh Jesus, she's a kook, but you shouldn't swat kook. anybody. She
1: is a kook. She's a kook.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, one of her, one of her like important things she thought to do, had to do as governor was get rid of the Georgia guidestones. It's just like, oh yeah, that's uh, some hungry person's going like, yeah, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs> the the funny thing is, is I didn't realize this a month like four weeks prior to the Guidestones game being blown up John Oliver did a segment about yes. the Guidestones
2: I'm I'm a big I'm I, I I love the whole idea of it and John Oliver's um segment on it was garbage it wasn't for the most the, the stuff like when he talked about the Georgia Guidestones he went to the worst docket like the crappiest documentary from like his you know history channel crap documentary and the people in that have been like the people who, like are actually in- interested in the guidestones and like like read things go like oh, okay he you know they were like well they got the name of the guy who did it and he's this white supremacist guy and it's like but that's what John Oliver said, but the reality is they didn't. There's no real proof that they got that guy's name. They said they had a letter, but nobody's seen the letter. Or they didn't say what was written on it or take a picture of it, or you know, there's no evidence. The the pe- the people, and the people who did the documentary interviewed the guy like when he was like 90 years old and had just had a stroke and wasn't like quite there. And st- soap
1: John Oliver said that, too, like he was like, this is right. a not great documentary and we e- don't know if it's true.
2: Everybody ran with it, though, and it just they like, oh, I'm glad it. it got blown up because he's a white supremacist. And it's like, did you read the stuff on the Georgia ga- Guidestones? They're not <laughs> very ha- white supremacist. Did you
1: actually listen to uh, John Oliver? Because he said, take this with a grain of salt because we don't know if this documentary is true. Oh, yes, yeah, he says yeah, it oh, in the video, and, and, but people and, and, ran with it.
2: And he said, and he said, you know, like, he didn't say, you know, it was, he's like, according to the people in the documentary, this was this, but it was the only thing he really cited. And that's, it and was just run with it. And I've yeah. seen people who should know better, like, who are like, I'm a, who, like, I, I consider real critical thinkers and like, who don't get like ra- sucked up into things. And were are just like, oh, well, he was a white supremacist, you know so good riddance. And it's just like, ugh, no. And I'm like, actually, I think it would be very funny if it was that guy, because if that was his, if he was like a weird, like Christian white supremacist, the Guidestone sort of inspired the exact opposite of that. So it was the worst you know, like he, he's, ah, I'll, I'll secretly do this, and it, and it did the exact opposite. So that would be a very funny ending to the story. But I'm not, I, I'm not convinced that it's that guy. So I'm still waiting to see who it, it is. I still think it could be Yoko Ono. Anyway,
1: <laughs> Yoko Ono,
2: oh you laugh, you laugh. I've exchanged emails with Yoko Ono about it.
1: Whoa! Plot twist.
2: She'll answer your emails. That's all I'll say. There was a lot. It was like two thousand seven or eight, somewhere around there.
1: You become more and more interesting every time I talk to you.
2: She's made songs about it.
1: I, I, Chris Honeywell, you are the most fascinating person I know.
2: (laughs) Oh, I know weirder people than me.
1: Anyway, Act One. (laughs) Act One. (laughs) <clears throat> so to recap last week so actually sort of two weeks so hunter was captured by the empire and crosshair brought him to camino and so then they had like 22 minutes of just like well you left us well i'm a better leader than you are well i'm a blah 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 and then they bitch for like 20 minutes and went back and forth and so finally the rest of the bad guys showed up and they found all of say's secret lab and they snuck into Topeka city and then they found Hunter and Crosshair, and they're like, hey, what's up? And then Crosshair's like, I'm going to be a better leader and offer you a chance to join the Empire, because we have cookies, and it's great. And then he killed all his other people, except for one person who got away. And that one person was like, hey, Rampart, Crosshair turned on us. And Rampart's like, awesome, I want to kill him, come back. So she gets on a ship, and she leaves. And then Rampart blows up to poke the city, and the Bad Batch is stuck on the stuck in the city as it's being destroyed on to this week so Camino is being destroyed <laughs> no and the bad batch are trapped inside and the building is sinking and as the building is sinking Rampart's all just like watch it burn and this is great and then he turns to the room he's like hey clones in the room how y'all doing and all the clones in the room are like fine sir I guess we're good we're fine. Thanks for asking. So happy to be part of the Empire. And Rampart's like, great! Let's get the fuck out of here! And Rampart leaves. So, the Bad Batch is in a sinking building, and Omega, AZ, and Crosshair get separated from the rest of the team. And they get stuck in a room that's filling with water, and Crosshair, who is still unconscious, but he wakes up in the in the process of this, uh, he's pinned under some debris. And the room is flooding. And it's all tense because the rest of the Bad Batch are on the other side of the door and they're trying to pry open the door to get them out. And Omega's like, oh god, Crosshair's gonna die. And so she and AZ are trying to get the debris off and the water is filling the room and Crosshair wakes up and he's just like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you touching me? And she's like, I'm trying to save your life, motherfucker, shut up. And so Omega shoots the debris with her her electric bow thing and Izzy pushes it off underwater and they free Crosshair, but they're all completely submerged and they're trapped and they're all drowning and it's all bad. But Wrecker and Tech are there to help because Echo and Hunter are just kind of standing there and doing nothing. And Wrecker and Tech pry open the door just enough to suck the three back through the door So now Omega, Izzy, and Crosshair are all safe, and they still at the door. Hooray! And so they're like, You're okay! And Crosshair is like, Don't touch me! Why are you touching me? And Hunter's like, Why are you mad at us? We just saved your life, bitch. Why are you mad? He's like, Well, the child touched me too. And Hunter's like, Well, the child saved your life. and she's gonna save your life like four more times in this episode. What the fuck is wrong with you? And Tech is like, guys, we literally don't have time to talk about this. We have to get the heck and heck out of here before we all drown, because the building's gonna be underwater. And then they look up, and they look out the window, and they're like, fuck, the building is underwater. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> We're stuck. And they move out with Crosshair, and Crosshair's like, I guess I'll follow you guys, because I have no other options left. And he follows. But uh-oh, they're, su- they're sinking down, and they land on the ocean floor dun 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 and it sounds short but that was like eight minutes of the episode yeah (laughs) like that's kind of this episode it's just like stuff happens
2: yeah, it's 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 a video game, and I, I I'm not I don't want to complain about it because it's beautiful.
1: It's beautiful. It's the like, animation's amazing. <laughs> to, like the music's great. Like one of my my notes is the music of oh. this episode is excellent.
2: Well, you just you just pretty much that's pretty much my notes for the first part. Is me Star Wars visual guying out? Like, yeah, there's music in this part. I, I mean, the, the 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 visuals are gothic. They're operatic. They're just you know it's deep blacks with you know fire and the water ocean wa- it's very it's a, a bit sometimes like,
1: the only lighting is the sparking of things.
2: Yeah it's it's sort of like um, reminiscent of the sinking of like the Titanic. The music is pretty gothic. There's one part where the music is just sort of copying. The sound of the imperial, like of...
3: oh,
1: that sound! I almost noted it, but I noted it. Um, I think in the the uh, Raxus episode. But like, I love an imperial klaxon horn yeah, the music such, was that that's a Star Wars sound that always gives me chills, and it's because of the Rogue One trailer. Oh that, that's
2: the first time something like that has been echoed in like the soundtrack music. And it's sounded really great. There's
1: but, a little piece, and, and I meant to look it up so I could get the title and I forgot but when Wrecker and tech are trying to pry open the door and omega is trying to free crosshair there's like a little bit of a string musician there like some string music where it sounds like violins or something uh-huh. and it's 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 really nice and i forgot to look up that track before cuz the whole bad well, track track on spotify hopefully,
2: hopefully i'll be able to to isolate that moment when when i'm editing and going through I... the tracks that they have from this episode
1: yeah like that little bit of like string music in that little section like it piqued my interest and i forgot to look it up
2: but like you know story-wise this is sort of sort of just sort just sort of
1: they're trying to get to the first checkpoint. we almost
2: don't we almost don't need it we could have had them just get in and fly away at the end of the last episode you know like and 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 leave leave crosshairs behind you know they could have done it in that way so all this is just so because nothing new you know nothing changes with crosshairs character and stuff but just visually and and action wise this is some you know prime stuff so it's just really fun to watch
1: i would slightly disagree with you because i i because omega goes out of her way a few times in crosshair for this episode until she sits down and talks with him And when she sits and talks with him, I'm kind of getting into, like, an Act 3 note now. When she sits and talks to him, she pretty much says, you disappoint me, I'm done with you. But, like, she tries so hard to save him. And he continues to rebuff her. uh, Like, to to push her away. And, like, to not accept it. And so I do think that is a shift in their dynamic. Because, and, and I'll get more into it when I get there, but I do disagree with you on that. Because Omega keeps going out of her way to save Crosshair. And I I think that's why he saves her at the end, because he says, oh, you know, we're even now. Um and and I do think that it's not entirely I, I, I wouldn't fully say that nothing happens with t- Crosshair's character, but it's very little that happens that's what with I'm Crosshair's saying. I, character. That, that
2: one with, with Omega is just sort of like it's like an it's like a bonus scene. It's like an expansion of it of what we already know about him. And it's, it's nice. It's, I I mean, it's, it's nice in there, but it's not like it doesn't change, you know, like crosshairs decision or anything. It's just, it's just a nice little character moment. And I mean, they got to have, have some in here, but I'm saying it's, it's, it, it, it takes a backseat to the action. And it's like, it's it's just it's just weird pacing wise when you think of the whole thing as a whole, you know I it's almost this is I, almost like a long epilogue, <laughs> you know,
1: I' trying to get to checkpoints essentially like to use your right. video game metaphor. I do disagree about it being a bonus scene, but I'll get to that when we get there because I do have notes about that scene I mean, because I, I I'll talk about it when I, get I there do because...
2: want to but I do also want to see like the Kaminoan cities sinking to the bottom of the ocean and then them having to get out. That's a, that's a really neat thing to see. It's just, it's, it's, it's just weird. It just feels like, like trimmed it up. Yeah. Or spread the, it's, it's weird. It's like this, this is sort of basically a big long action episode where, whereas usually season enders, you know, the, it comes the I mean, if you put these two episodes together, the emotional, I think high point, the 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 climax of the whole thing is the you know, the star destroyers sitting over Camino, just pounding it away. You know, it has all the sympathy here, here they're they're sending their bodies to, you know their secrets to the bottom of the sea. And it's just dark and evil looking, you know, and it's, you know, well, there goes our home, you know, and, uh, and that's, and that's sort of at the midpoint of the story. (laughs) So maybe that's why they did it in two parts or something like that. If that's why I sort of go for the, you know, go for a part that's go for a cut of this. It's basically the, the first episode and some stuff with maybe maybe another five minutes where he saves omega and az and uh and then they they leave him at the end you know have a 35 40 minute episode
1: i i don't disagree because now that i think about it like we're talking about the same crew who did resistance it and, would have been
2: a lot cheaper, but then again, we saw a lot of cool stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like we're talking about the same crew that did Resistance, and this was almost exactly our criticism of Resistance Season 1 finale, where all the stuff was in the first episode, and the second episode, the only part that was important was Tam leaving. And right. the rest is them just being like, and we're running from here to there, and we're getting out Yigger and Doza, and we're saving them, and now we're... Com-. Like, really, that could have been one episode of Halsey and Prime Prime gets up. They get uh, Yeger and Doza out, and then they go like straight to Tam, and like that could have been like a forty-minute episode as well. Now, I will say the difference is that was on cable, which is a very different beast because they have to stay within the twenty-two minutes, right? but, and, this, but this, uh, this is uh, streaming. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so no, they,
2: and, and the, the Disney has been pretty much like doing like, you know, with like the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and stuff like. And with obi-Wan was they were they were all different lengths. You know, they just sort of did the length that they needed to do for that episode to
1: that's valid because that's actually a criticism I have of animation on Disney Plus because they don't have to fit the twenty two minute thing. And like this hasn't. like most of these it's, episodes are twenty four to twenty six minutes. so they're not fitting fitting the twenty two minutes. It's but if different they want to do when you're making 40...
2: animation, though, it's so much more planned. And, it and, is. and you know you don't end up with, like, you don't. You don't end up with animation going like, "Oh my God, that take where that where they improvise that little part that really makes it." You know, yeah. But, and this, you know, and have see, scenes that you already have to cut out and stuff. They're they're so planned that you just don't have that. You almost have to plan them down to that time so you can get it done.
1: Yeah, but that's why I I argue that I wouldn't mind occasionally like. A 30-minute animated episode. And we saw some of that in in Clone Wars because, God, there was the third episode of Bad Batch was something like 18 minutes long. Yeah. Um, But we had some of the Siege of Mandalore episodes that were like 30-something minutes. Yeah. um, Without credits. And so I I wish they would embrace it more because there's a lot of like just little things like in this scene, there's like three shots of record and tech trying to open the door. You just need one. Right. And you could cut out the other two. No, I do. I do have a note about that scene because there's a moment in that, that I really like, but um, you just need one to get the point across. And, you know, they could have, when they fell, Crosshair could have woken up. So he could have been actively helping. Like they could have sped up that scene. Like this entire thing was eight minutes of the episode. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, like and it's
2: that's just... that scene with the the creature chasing him was basically sort of out of episode one, you know. And it was it was cool, but it wasn't. It didn't add anything to it, you
1: know. It wasn't other than this is still though it, You did say last week though. The, the thing that you remembered about this episode was it was relentless, and that's what you liked about it. Do you still yeah. feel that way on the second watching?
2: No, it didn't feel as relentless because it it was relentless, but it was it, it's kind of like you know, you know they're gonna you know you know they're not gonna die at the bottom of the sea, so it's just sort of like I, I you know the the thing about something like the uh, ending a season like this is you you want to peak you want to peak your emotions at the end of it you know towards the end of it with maybe a little cool down at the end depending on how it ends but and and this one you know it hits the emotional thing and then it's then it's just sort of a like a, an action episode for a while you know and it's and it's just weird it's just a little dis discombobulating uh it, you know i we i'd already like you know, we'd I I'd already sort of like, okay, we know that Wreckers or Wrecker, um, Crosshairs is kind of a dick and and doesn't want to give an inch, but he's not gonna like kill his brothers in cold blood and we just sort of know we just sort of know where everybody's standing at the end and then and then you know, the the Empire puts the cap on it. And then it just sort of keeps going for a little while, and then ends. You know.
1: <laughs> you know what I, I thought of that? I kind of wish they did. What's that? As you were talking, um, a lot of my notes. Just so you know, my tech, my Act Two and Three notes are talking about bookends and comparing this episode to stuff that they do in season in the in the first episode. There's a lot of bookend scenes, and they did that last week as well. I talked about that when they were fighting the droids in the training area, and how it was a bookend to, to Episode One. I wish there was a scene at the very end, kind of like after the Honorable Ones, where Agent Callus got rescued and he got back to the Empire and he got to see how different it was that, like, the rebels came, like, the ghost crew came for Zeb and they were worried about him. And they got back. And then he got back and no one gave a fuck. And so there's a scene earlier... In the season where Crosshair is with his new crew and they go back to the old Bad Batch room and he just sits down on his old bunk and he's just sitting there by himself. Uh-huh. I kind of wish they had a scene to help bookend that scene from earlier in the show where he gets picked up by the Empire and it's him going back to his room just like Agent Callus and sitting on a bunk. He doesn't even have to say anything, but to just kind of like show like a different place and like let the music the anime the facial animations tell what he might be thinking in that moment
2: also does the empire want him back i thought they were just like he's a traitor let's let leave him there too you know that's
1: that and that's a vague season two question because we know he's back with the empire from the season two trailer because he has scenes with cody and cody's in the empire so we know that he's back The Empire in season two, but we don't know what they think about him, what he thinks about it. And that's why I think it would have been fun to have a scene where um, he gets picked up and to see how they treat him. And I think that would have been a really nice setup for season two. Unless that's just something they don't want to show us, which is valid. They might not want to show us that this early. Right,
2: right. We don't which know. Totally... We don't know where it's going. But yeah, yeah. It, it, or, or it would have or they could have just ended it with a ship coming down and him standing there, you know, and then just cut away from it, you know, and left it open. Are they coming to arrest him? Are they coming to take him? Are they going to be like, cop yeah. it? I don't know. Just you
1: know, something just something there yeah. at the end, just to like really just kind of hook it because. I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean I like a lot of this episode and it's pretty and ah. it's cool, but it's also just like kind of a very long, like thirty minute denouement when it yeah. really only needed yeah. to be like fifteen. Yeah. So and,
2: uh, resistance, but resistance did that too. It might just be a, a stylistic thing. But
1: I think resistance did it better because, like, while that was a gripe for us in season one and season two, season like that finale of resistance pulled it off better. Be- and I think it's because it was shorter. I think this episode is, if I remember correctly, it's twenty seven minutes c- before credits. Yeah. Because I was trying to like slice it up, and I was like, oh, this is not eight eight eight. Um, this is like eight, eight and 10. So it's, it's like, it's like 24, 25 minutes, but resistance is 22. And I I do think it's that, that cable time that made it feel like it went faster and it made it feel it didn't drag as much because it didn't have those extra minutes. So I do actually think like, while that was a gripe of ours of season one of resistance, resistance did it better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think resistance generally was a better show. So, you know.
1: (laughs) I will totally agree with you on that. It might be the hottest take here because people don't agree with that. But resistance was a much better show than Bad Batch. I will say I really enjoyed my second being a Bad Batch better. It's
2: it's 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 not fair because Bad Batch is just a season in and we don't know where it's going. But so far, you know.
1: If we're comparing season one of Resistance versus season two, yeah. uh, season one of Bad Batch, season one is a of Resistance is a much stronger season. Yeah, than season one I, of Bad I Batch. think
2: it's a lot. I think it's also a lot more entertaining because it's building a lot more care. It's building all the characters and all that, except for Poe, you know. So, mm-hmm. and 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 the and the
1: characters actually moved, changed, and had conversations. Like Tam changed over season one. Like she had a journey and. How many how many times did I talk about Hunters yeah, Waffling and, uh, this, this season? This
2: one's the yeah, this one's also tied up. This one it more in the, the the story at large, you know, whereas that one was a slice of life and it got caught up in the, the you know the the first order taking over and stuff on that level. But they weren't in you know, this this one were we're you know, we're getting involved in the, you know, Palpatine's palpatine's vats you know so and,
1: and i think that's a difference because they're both world building shows they really are because like one this is about the change from peacetime of more well, from the republic to fascism and that was about peacetime to fascism so they're both doing the same thing it's just the characters had bigger journeys they had more conversations and it was personal and i think that's the difference like They weren't talking all season until last episode. That's what made last episode so good because it became personal. But it was personal for the characters of Resistance the entire season.
2: Yeah, no. And Well, I mean, it was a more intimate story. Like, you know, if you did a story about the United States and you had one TV show that was about a family... okay, the United States and it was during a war and you had a story and it's about a family so you're going to have the families like, has people going off, you know, it's going to be a story within the family and the war is going to affect it but whereas with the Bad Batch that's like you have a story from inside the Pentagon you know, (laughs) it's got stuff going, and the stuff that the characters are doing is tied in with the stuff that the the president is doing you know and stuff like that so it's more it's more linked into a larger story directly you know rather than sort of um it's sort of in the winds of it rather than being blown in the winds of it
1: i i see what you're saying i don't agree only just because the bad batch is a family and i would argue it's a smaller cast there are well yeah no five, it's, there, i mean they're a there family there's six main characters plus Sid, and like it's it's but and like to me like Resistance you had the Fireball crew, you had the Aces, you had Poe, but like yeah. it felt more tight knit with that's, a bigger that's, cast.
2: That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like in the in the Bad Batch, you know. Omega and the clones are, are, are a dirty secret to the empire because for many, for many reasons they're tied into, Omega is tied into Palpatine's, you know, midichlorian harvesting or what Snoke project, you know, it's, it's, it's tied into that. It's tied into the big into the into the palps and this you know and the Jedi and the Sith and this, and stuff like that more that it's it's in the winds it's in the winds of war whereas with re, with resistance it was about being blown by the winds of war you know
1: oh I see what you're saying okay yeah that okay okay now i agree i i I take back my i disagree i I agree now i thought you were talking about like comparing them as families and i was like they are family. (laughs) no
2: yeah i mean at the base of almost any show with characters in it you're gonna have some sort of family dynamic anyway you know so Mm
1: -hmm. i see what you're saying did you have any other notes
2: no that's all i got
1: um so for my notes of this of this act Um, I just want to touch back on a note I had last week, because it had been a hot minute since I've seen this episode, so I kind of misremembered this a little bit wrong. Um, But I had talked about how in the final scene of last week, Rampart um, had clones blowing up their own city, and there was a sad clone and it was (laughs) i misremembered that um but there is a sad clone that comes in and reports that his home is destroyed first of all that's that's
2: you almost have to to his tone of the voice tone of voice you uh, i was like you almost have to throw this guy in the brig because (laughs) it's been like oh it's you know you sound disappointed what's wrong with you know are you a bad soldier he's just like Blew up the city.
1: <laughs> and I was about to say, that's some good acting from Dee Bradley Baker. Because the guy's wearing a helmet. And all his emotions in his yeah. face. That's some good acting by Dee Bradley Baker there. Um, but like, to, to kind of finish the note that I started last week. Man, Rampart's an ass. And you know he got so much pleasure making the clones blow up their own home. Oh yeah. And that's just sadistic on it. That's like a Tarkin level of sadism.
2: Well, that yeah. That's how and you I get ahead. wonder
1: if it's I wonder if it's almost like a litmus test of like, all right, who on the brig disagrees? Oh hell yeah. You're oh, all hell out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh hell yeah. Um I know you do, I I know you don't watch The Boys, but there there's similar stories in boys where there's a sort of like one of the superheroes is kind of fascist and is in charge and you know he's like he makes he makes the Aquaman character eat his best friend who's an octopus alive you know
1: oh my god
2: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you know and like knows this one woman's like pulled all her hair off and wears a wig and he's like take that makes her take the wig off whenever she's you know just just to Assert dominance because yep. they're Nazi bastards. And they love that shit.
1: And and that's essentially Rampart in the scene of just like the the entire bridge is just full of clones, and he made them blow up their own city. And that's just like, oh, oh, yeah. Um, one of my favorite effects in media, not just in animation, but in all media, I just I always love when this happens is after an explosion that high pitched sound and everything's muffled. Yeah. Um I just I always think that's a really cool effect. Um I I love moments like that. Um they had one of those in Owl House actually in the Owl House season 2 finale when King got a concussion briefly and he wakes up and everything is like muffled so all you can have to go off of is what he's seeing um to tell the story and I just it's such a cool effect and I love it.
2: I think that I think that started if i think try to it was it's it's a recent movie language invention as in you know um in the last i think it was in i think the first time that happened was in saving private ryan and it was because you know steven spielberg did a lot of research from you know people who'd actually stormed the beach in normandy and they would talk and you know people were fighting and they would say when an explosion would go off, you would hear just this loud ringing, you know, you couldn't hear anything this loud ringing afterwards. And that was the first time that, and I think it made a big, I think people are like, wow, that's really cool. And
1: I, I remember the first time I saw it in a movie because Hope watched a movie.
2: <laughs> Hope watched a movie.
1: Hope watched a movie. I remember the first time I saw it was in the movie Children of Men. Um, and in the uh-huh, opening scene, uh-huh. um, uh, a cafe gets bombed. And I remember, yes. like, he's talking to his wife, and she's like, "Do you remember? You know that little ringing in your ear? Enjoy it now, because you'll never hear that sound again. Um, uh, at that pitch, because once that ringing goes away, that pitch is gone forever. That
2: pitch is burned out. Yeah.
1: Um, that that was the first time I remember seeing it, and so like, um, I always thought it was it's just a really cool effect. Um, another really cool effect. This is difficult. Wait animating weight anything that has weight it is so hard because it's it's very easy to make um i was actually watching the i was actually reading somebody breaking down a scene it's not gundam but it's like one of those gundam like animes and it was showing like two bots fighting and they're like animating the weight of these creatures because most of the time like if something is big and heavy it's easy just to make them really light in animation right but the weight of the falling buildings is so good, especially in the water, watching like these just big pieces just slowly slide in the water. Like it's just so hard to animate weight. And they do it so well in this episode. Um, the only other note I have is, is kind of like a personal, because he's my baby and I love tech. And tech gets a lot of crap. I often see people talk about how like Tech is cold. He has really logical one-liners because, which makes him sound like very cold and distant, um, and that he like is not an emotional person and stuff. And I really hate those takes because I very much read Tech as neurodivergent. But there's, I, I think the thing about Tech is he pro, he proves how much he cares through action. And when Omega is trapped and drowning, it's not Hunter and Echo who are usually like. Omega's two go-to caregivers in the show in the season—we've talked about it a lot. It's Tech and Wrecker, and Tech is using his bare fucking hands to pry open a door to save her life. And he's he, like, Wrecker's the one with the knife, but Tech is using his goddamn bare hands to pry open do- a door to save Omega. He cares. He cares through his actions. And that, like, it could have been Hunter, it could have been Echo, but no, it was Tech. Tech is the one that's prying open the door with his bare hands. And it, it just seems like that, that I wish people paid attention more, because he's not emotionless. He is not cold. He just shows his emotions differently. And it's like learning how to read neurodivergent characters better. Yeah, please and thank yeah. you. So, uh, that's all I have for Act 1.
2: All right. All
1: right, I'm gonna take a sip of my drink.
2: Mm. Alright, act two. I hope it's water.
1: It is seltzer water. It's um all right, goes said, along
2: with the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean they I stopped selling my Dr. Flavor and my Rupert seltzer water. Mm-hmm. They haven't sold them in like four months, and I'm really sad. And every time I get to take a little Kroger survey, I request it. Hopefully one day, but right now I have mango seltzer water and it's okay. It's fine. I have
2: this regular tall boy of 7-Eleven water, but it looks very much like a clone, like a clone tube, like the, the baby clones are in. Oh. It's the same kind of blue hue to it, also.
1: So, are you, are you ready to get into a useless turtle? I am. Act two. It's turtle time. <laughs> oh, that almost makes me want to make the song for the episode, of the Ninja Turtles theme.
2: It's turtle time.
1: I actually did come across some really cool artwork of the Ninja Turtles hanging out with the Bad Batch, and like they're all paired off in like their personality types, and it was really sweet. Anyway, <laughs> I literally saw it maybe about fifteen minutes before we recorded, and I was like, "Oh, I'll bookmark." <laughs> anyway, Act Two. Act Two. So the Bad Batch is stuck on the ocean floor. Oh, no. And they happen to take shelter in their own room. Their old room. And their their room is like, yeah, it's here. And it's intact temporarily. And when Wrecker notes their little tally board that they were keeping in, like, in episode one, Crosshair is like, yeah, the tally board, Hunter, look look at all of our history. Look at all of our history. And you threw that away. You threw that away, bitch. And Hunter's like, You made a choice, Crosshair. You know, all the conversations that we had last episode, we're having them again right now. And Crosshair's like, Well, good soldiers follow orders if we're doing last episode stuff. And Hunter's like, Blind allegiance makes you a pawn. And just as Crosshair is like, Well, your leadership's gonna make us all die. Guess what? Omega comes to the rescue again. Because she's like, hey guys, if you're done, because you're both pretty, it's fine. You guys are fine. We're on the tube. Look, it's the underground tunnel outside the window. And that can get us back to Nalise's place. And if we get back to Nalise's place, we can get back to the Marauder. And they're all like, hooray, we can do this. And then they're like, no, it's going to be dangerous. They're like, well, we're at the bottom of the ocean. We don't really have much fucking choices anymore. So let's do it. And it's going to be dangerous, and it's going to be hard, but no, it's actually pretty easy. Barely an inconvenience, because AZ cuts through the floor and makes a weld, so they can just drop down into the tunnel. Barely an inconvenience. So, they are now tensely walking through a glass tube underwater, and they're like, this is fine. Everything's fine. Why is everything starting to crack? Probably because a building landed on it. It's okay. And as they're walking along, Crosshair's like, I don't know about this, you guys. I don't like this. And out of everyone in the group, Wrecker turns around and goes off on Crosshair. And he, Wrecker's like, you left us. You know, I, I've i been hoarding my tongue, but you left us. And if you wanted to, we would have always taken you back, Crosshair. You didn't come back. And we would have taken you. And Crosshair... It's just like, blah, blah, blah. and Tech and Tech comes up and he's like, no, no, Wrecker, don't waste your time on him. It's in Crosshair's nature. He's not going to change. And Crosshair's like, why are you defending me? And Tech looks at him and goes, I'm not defending you. I don't agree with you. And understanding you does not mean I agree with you. This episode has a lot of really good one-liners, everybody, by the way. It's a lot of good one-liners. Um, Jennifer Corbett went off on her one-liners this time around. And Tech is like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I understand you because we were fucking born together. We were made together, but I don't agree with you. And Crosshair's like, cool. Well, both of you are against me. You want to add anything, Echo? And Echo's like, nope. Let's get out of the water tip, the the water tunnel, guys. Let's go. And so they all keep going down the water tunnel. But oh no, a very unnecessary, uh, unnecessary giant turtle arrives. And the giant turtle's like, hi, guys. I want to eat you! And everyone's like, Ah! 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 And the turtle's like, Come out and play! So I can eat you! It'll be fine! And AZ's like, Don't worry! If if I get the power back on, it will make the turtle go away! So he flies ahead, and everybody else is running away. And the turtle is like, Here I go! Chomp! And he starts biting on the tunnel. And the tunnel starts to crack more and everybody's like ah ah ah, and the turtle is like oh 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 get in my mouth oh and as they get the tunnel back on and it's working and the turtle's like ow my mouth i have a cold sore now and he swims away and everyone's safe hooray it was like four minutes of unnecessary story Um, I guess if it had to be necessary because AZ had to stop the turtle, it it meant it drained all the power in Nalase's lab, because they get to Nalise's secret lab, and there's no power anymore, so I guess that's why that's there, but it's unclear, and now I'm, like, putting together threads for the story that didn't need a four-minute turtle. Anyway... They get to Nalaisei's lab, and because Hunter and Crosshair were not there last week's episode, they're both like, what the fuck is this place? And Tech's like, we were born here! Isn't that cool? And Omega's our big sister. And Crosshair has this look on his face like, lol, wait, what now? She's the big sister? She's like five! And Omega's like, I'm not five. You better shut your mouth, young man! I'm older than you! And Crosshair has this look of just like, what is happening? What is my life? How is she the oldest one? I don't like it. Anyway, oh no, the, they they need to get back to the ship. They're at checkpoint number two. They've reached the checkpoint. They gotta get back to the ship. And the tunnel to the ship is broken, so now they're stuck at track point number two. And they gotta figure out a way out of the checkpoint. Dun dun dun. What'd you think it back to?
2: I don't have a lot of notes for. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Most of my notes are like, that's a good one-liner, <laughs> which I've already noted in my Those, those are,
2: like, I, 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 yeah, my, one is my, uh, one of my notes is Tech just saying, look, Crosshair's just an asshole. He's gonna be an asshole, basically, which is what we said last week. And, just to, just to, from what I said last week, Omega's calling the shots.
1: I have that note too. Omega's calling the
2: shots now.
1: Or do I have it here? Is it in this? Uh, when when Crosshair makes the point that Omega is calling the shots, it really resonated with me. What you were saying last week, Chris, about Omega eventually becoming yeah, the me leader. too,
2: me too, because I, I was like, wow, wrote she really. Note. And then I was like, she really is calling. Maybe it will be soon. Because remember, we sort of agreed it would be a little further down the line, but maybe not. <laughs> you know with that that little bit of information, plus him going like, "Oh, she's older than us," Or, you know, them realizing that she's their like older sister. Yeah, it it just it just might. She seems to do it better actually than than Hunter
1: mm-hmm. and Crosshair. They both kind of suck yeah. as leaders. <laughs> yeah.
2: But that's all I got for for Act Two. Half uh. Act Two was that stupid turtle that snapper
1: I, yeah as, as as i was saying in my recap that's when i was like oh i guess this is the point of the turtle is they have to drain the power to save their lives but they could just get to the checkpoint and there'd be no power
2: <laughs> yeah 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 they're at the bottom of the sea and the empire just peppered them with bullets There's, and even when there when there is no power i noticed daisy's still opening some doors and stuff so i'm wondering and then but then i was thinking. And yeah, maybe the doors have some like built up pneumatic pressure, you know, so so they can cl- open and close when the power goes out. But uh, I, I, yeah, maybe because yeah. when
1: when they do get the NASA, Az has to manually reseal the door, right? So um, to keep the water out, um, so that there could be. But it's again like I had to. I this is my. Second time watching the episode, and I finally put together the pieces as I was talking. It's an unnecessary turtle. It's a cool design. If you go to StarWars.com for the episode, they have, like, the actual, like, drawing of the turtle. It's a really cool design. Is this not needed? I don't know. It's not like Bebo. Bebo was fucking awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, of all the stuff I was more excited about them getting from one point to the other than the like, well, the turtle was part of getting put to one point to the other, but like I don't think that's how sea animals work either that they're just like, "Oh, I'll you know, I'll attack you in this, you know, try to rip you out of this thing, you know, it's it it was just sort of convenient, you know. And what they really should have done is just gone turn off our lights. <laughs> Turn off the lights and just keep running because he's following the lights. <laughs> you know, it's the only thing that, like, makes them that turtle know that they're in there. He maybe have, he could hear their footsteps outside, actually.
1: I would have much rather ta- like taking out the turtle and had more time of like crosshair wrecker and maybe echo. Like I added in the I added in the echo back, but having like echo. Say something, because Echo is an interesting character in all of this because he doesn't have the history with the Bad Batch. He's a relatively new member, so if they had a moment where Crosshair life looked at Echo, he's like, "Are you gonna say something?" That could have been an interesting conversation because Echo was like, "Well, speaking as a Reg that you want to leave behind." Well, that's,
2: that's the thing, though, in their situation, though, they're not really set up for much real conversation. Just good one line. They're good, good one liners, though. <laughs> you know, yeah. Better.
1: But like, I, I actually would have loved that conversation because Crosshair, for now two episodes, in front of Echo has been bashing on regs and talking about how the Bad Batch is better than the regs. And Echo's a reg. And I, and I would have loved a moment where he was like, yeah, I'm one of those regs you're talking about, so I'm definitely not in your corner yeah. on this one. And that would have been fascinating. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking about things. Let's talk about bookends. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of really nice bookends in this episode and in last week's too. And another one that came up was in the first episode, they go into their old room and it's very personalized. It has all their stuff in it. They have the marks on the wall and they're still relatively united. Like Crosshair's chip has already gone off. So he's already starting to turn and he's already kind of pushing back against Hunter, but they're still relatively united in episode one. And then you get here, and they go back to their their room again, and it's been completely stripped through, completely stripped clean. The only it doesn't smell anymore, which was a joke in episode one. It was the smell, because um, Omega walked in, she was like, "I love the smell in here," like, and so they are emotionally in a different place in their lives. Um, so it is a cool little storytelling beat of comparing where the Bad Batch is now versus episode one but again it's dragging and they're just getting to checkpoints <laughs> but i like it I, i'm okay i'm okay um the two lines of understanding you does not mean i have to agree with you and blind allegiance makes you a pawn uh these are some very timely one-liners there um but in the case of hunter's line
2: I, yeah i think it's because they're timeless they're they're like always gonna be <laughs> yeah. relevant you know
1: yeah, but they feel but, extra yeah. relevant right now. Yeah. Though I will say in regards to Hunter, when he says blind allegiance makes you a pawn. I don't know if Hunter in episode two at Cutler Queen's house would have said that. I do not. think I no, 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 I don't think he was at that point yet. Yeah. Because he was still in a place where he was like, I don't know what's happening. We're soldiers. What are we going to do? And then he waffled for like eight episodes. McQueen would
2: have said that, not Hunter.
1: Yeah. And so I do think that's a good line to show Hunter's growth of season one. And I think that is a really good mark to show that he has changed since the early season. So that, I guess, character development. Hooray. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, 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 uh. i'm trying to
2: think there's this woody allen movie (laughs) and um i wish i could remember the name of it it's one of his later movies but like the the bad batch are sort of like woody allen in this character he's this old crabby you know just really annoying guy And like, you know, that he has to undergo a character arc in the, you know, to be a, a a decent human being, but it's like pulling teeth, (laughs) you know, he's just not going to do it until he's just forced into it. And that's how I feel the, the, uh, the bad batch are sort of, you know, they're, they're a bunch of, they're a bunch of lunk headed, you know, gym, gym rats. And you know, it just takes them. It takes some of them longer than others. But it ta- you know, they they just sort of want to roll along, you know. <laughs> and, and it's so, funny because like,
1: you you just described the plot of Up from Pixar. Uh, uh. old man who doesn't want to change until he's forced into it. That's essentially the plot of Up.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Woody Allen ones. A, he's a lot more like just like. Uh, just like obnoxious he's obnoxious he's just a bad person he's a selfish selfish loud and somewhat you know he has friends so he's uh, you know somewhat able to keep friends but he's just just a terrible person you know one of those people that you're just like he ain't ever gonna change but he just has to in the movie and it's just yeah, they, he just has to go through the absolute ringer to to be like, oh, okay, you know, okay, I guess I'll go on this arc. <laughs>
1: um, my next note is, uh, it's not necessarily a bookend, but it does, this episode does infer a lot back to episode one, because the the final confirmation of, yes, Omega is their big sister, she watched over them, she watched them be made, it actually infers a lot about the first episode because the first episode she was like, Oh my god, you're the bad batch, take me with you. <laughs> Please right. take me with you. I want to get out of here. Please. Can we be it?" like because she's their big sister? And it actually adds a lot more to those scenes of she watched them essentially be born. And she we don't know. She might have helped Nalise for all we know. She might have been Nalise's assistant then. We don't we actually don't know how old the Bad Batch are. They could be newer clones. So Rex is Generation 1, he's 10 at the start of Clone Wars, so Rex is 13 now. Omega's what, 10? 10-ish? She ages naturally, she doesn't rapid age, we know that, because Tech confirmed that this episode. So that tells me that the Bad Batch has to be younger than 10, um and that they just rapidly aged so we don't know how old they are we don't know if she was old enough yeah. to assist nala say in their creation
2: or to understand um, what was going on if she was aging naturally she would have had to been like in like four or five years old before you're really processing anything like that you know what i mean yeah
1: absolutely so but i, I do think that does add in a lot to her who, how she was acting in episode one so it's it's a nice moment um the other point I wanted to talk about was Wrecker. Um, that's actually, I guess, my biggest note of this. I like that it's Wrecker of all people getting a moment to call out crosshair. It's really easy to write off Wrecker because they do play him as the dumb sweet guy, like the himbo of the group. And he's kind of he's sweet and he has the heart of gold, but he's kind of dumb. And yeah, I started thinking back to the four Clone Wars episodes before Omega showed up and before Echo even arrived to join the Bad Batch when it was just the four of them Wrecker is the heart of the original Bad Batch group because Tech was the logical one Hunter was the leader Crosser's the, the asshole and Wrecker was the sweet guy he was the one that was like yeah we're going on a mission and he was the heart of the group
2: He's the, he's the most emotionally simple of all of them
1: and so I, he
2: just represents he's like the he's like the dog, you know,
1: he's I wouldn't go that wagon. far, but
2: what <laughs> I mean, he's either like, you know, there's there's not a lot of nuance. He's wagging his tail or he's growling and like, you know, he's there's no filter. There's no filter on it. So when he says something, they know it's, you know, it's right, right from the right from the gut.
1: Yeah. And I I like that about him because. Now that I thought back to it, like the third episode where they were crashed and then they had to get like the the MacGuffin part from the lizard that went underground and it was like this electric lizard and Omega had to crawl underground to go get it. In that episode, Wrecker is the one that goes, well, if nobody else is going to say it, I'm going to say it. I miss Crosshair. And I like that here because it shows that Crosshair leaving really hurt them. And Wrecker the one voicing it. Because he is the heart. Of the original Bad Batch crew. Omega has come along. Has really balanced that out. So now there's really two hearts. And it's the emotional core is Wrecker and Omega. And they're the ones that are really like talking about that. But I do like this scene. Because going back to the original Clone Wars. Wrecker was the heart. And I like. It's a very nice use of his character. In that moment. That he's the one going. Crosshair. We would have taken you back. I would have taken you back. You hurt me. It hurt me when you left, and I, I just—I thought that was a really nice moment. Like you were just saying, I, I think that's a nuanced moment out of record, actually, because well, yeah, because he's voicing all of their feelings in that moment. So that's all I had. Are you ready to get off the get off the planet?
2: <laughs> I am. Let's get the hell off this water world hell.
1: It's not, it's actually a really great episode. <laughs>
2: wrap that, wrap, well, the, yeah, but it's kind of a water world hell in this episode because it's just a death planet.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So let's wrap this turtle up.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Act let's three. Put this,
2: turn this turtle on its back.
1: No, I can't get up now. Ow. <laughs> Act three. So the Bad Batch are at checkpoint number two, and they're stuck in Nalaisei's lab. And even worse, AZ's batteries are starting to die. And then Hope got really nervous because Hope starts having PTSD flashbacks to the Fives arc of Clone Wars, and it makes my soul hurt. It's fine. And Crosshair is just like, well, now we're stuck here, and it's all Omega's fault because we're listening to a child. And Hunter's like, you better shut your goddamn mouth because that child has saved your life twice already, so shut the fuck up. And Crosshair's like, well, this wouldn't happen in the Empire. If you would have just joined the Empire and saw how great it was, you guys would have never happened.
2: It just happened in the Empire, actually.
1: (laughs) Right? Right? And Hunter's like, you'll just always be a number to the empire you understand that right just a number and crosshair actually kind of hesitates a moment and walks off and sits all by himself and omega baby girl sits down sits down next to crosshair and crosshair goes look i know what you're trying to do you're trying to like do that moment from episode one when we were all in the brig and you sat next to me and told me it wasn't my fault and it's not gonna happen and baby girl looks at him and goes you're right it's not gonna happen because I used to think it was your inhibitor chip and now I just see that you're a piece of shit and you're a dick
2: she you used st- to be cool crosshair what yeah. happened
1: yeah and she tells him to his face you're a dick and stands up and leaves his ass. And he's just like, oh, my big sister just got mad at me. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, shit, I made my big sister mad at me. I don't, this is weird. And so they start coming up with a plan. And you know what? Crosshair helps. He actually helps. So maybe having Omega tell him that he is an asshat actually worked. So the plan is, we're going to get into some medical tubes. That came out of nowhere, I guess. And ride the buoyancy of the water back up to the surface. But there's all this debris. And Crosshair's like, the droid, let AZ guide us through the debris field. And they're all like, that's awesome. Good plan, team. Except for AZ's batteries are dying. I don't know why he didn't just sit in the corner as they got ready to reserve his power. But you know, plot. So they all get in their little tubes. And they're like... They're all, like, ready to go, and AZ's ready to go, and they put charges on the window, and once they seal themselves up in the tube, they blow out the glass, and the water comes in, and they start riding their tubes up, and it's all really tense, you guys, because there's debris everywhere, and carefully, Izzy's pushing them around underwater and guiding them one at a time past the debris field, except for Omega, because her tube gets knocked and tre- Excuse me, gets trapped under some debris and starts sinking. And Izzy's like, no, I'm going after Omega. And he starts flying. You don't fly in water. Swimming under the water to go after her and pushing the the debris off. But his batteries are dying. And the guys get to the top. And they all realize that... Omega's not there. They all start panicking like, where's our our big sister? Oh God, she's the smartest of all of us. Where is she? And AZ uses almost all of his power to cut her free. And she starts rising. And Omega's like, AZ, are you coming? And she looks out her tube, and his batteries die, and he's like, I love you, Omega, goodbye! And then Hope's freaking out, because she's like, oh my god, it's the fivezark arc all over again! It's happening again, you guys! Hope's having con- a conniption, even though I know it's gonna happen, but the first time I saw this episode, holy fuck! And Omega busts out of her tube, and she's gonna go after Izzy, because she's not going to let him go! Because Baby Girl has lost way too much today! But AZ's too heavy, and she can't pull him up, and she's too far down, and she's losing air fast, and it's all dire. And up on the surface, Crosshair pulls out his rifle, and, Cro- and Hunter's like, What the fuck are you doing? You better not shoot her. And he sh- and, a- and Crosshair shoots out a grappling hook, and it lands on AZ, and he pulls it up, and he pulls AZ and Omega to safety. And, and and Hunter hauls them both out of the water and pulls them into the tube and Omega's all coughing and and crosshair stops and he turns and all of the bad batch have their blasters on him. and crosshair is just like, well oh, shit. And then crosshair I'm, I' the only reason I'm saying this because I have a note about it. Crosshair then gives his rifle to Wrecker and sits down, which is interesting. And then they start paddling all the way back to the Marauder. And by the time they get back to the Marauder and climb up to the platform, it's blue skies and sunny, and it's bright. Except for, you know, off in the distance, their home is demolished, and it's smoky and on fire, and there's no going back now. And they try one last time to give Crosshair a choice, and they want him to come with them. And Crosshair's like, no, I've made my choice. And Hunter says, Crosshair, we want different things, but we don't have to be enemies. And Crosshair is just like, No, and turns away from them. And Omega comes over and she thanks Crosshair for saving AZ. And Crosshair's like, We're even, kid. And Omega tries one last time and says, Hey, Crosshair, you're their brother. You're my brother. Just FYI. And she leaves, and she gets on the ship with Crosshair, and they leave his ass on the platform. And it's just kind of like, oh, we left Crosshair behind, I guess we have to go check on the baddies now. Because, with the bad guys, we go back to Mount Tantis. And a ship arrives, and it's Nala Se, and she looks pretty bummed out because her entire home and species has pretty much been eradicated. But she has a sweet new gig with the Empire. Because there's a medical officer lady, and the med- medical officer calls her Mistress Nolose. And she's like, Mistress say we're like really big fans of your work. We would like to see if you can help us clone Emperor Palpatine and make tiny snokes? Are you in? You better be in, because this is not a volunteer job. We're volunteering you to do this. Welcome to the Empire, bitch! And the end, that's the end of the season. What did you think about that?
2: It was okay, I think it was actually the weakest act of the three.
1: And that's funny, I think it's the strongest act of the three. That's funny. Um... I think it's the one that has, like, the most talking.
2: I guess, yeah, but it, it's, yeah. It's like, it's it's not bad, it's just, I just thought it was the, the weakest. Because, like, I'm thinking, A, all of them would have had brain embolisms. You can't just shoot to the surface like that. That's just water 101. James Cameron would be pissed if he saw this. You, you, The pressure from going from the bottom of the ocean to the to the top in a tube would just, like, boil the blood in your, you know. And now I was thinking, well, the clones probably have, maybe have pressurized suits or something. But Omega was just, like, swimming around in the water and stuff. So, well, uh, whatever. It's hot. For-
1: Star Wars is at the speed of plot.
2: Yeah, I like I like the Tantus base. It reminds me of the Imperial version of the Rebel base on on the moon of Yavin. It's just sort of like built into the into the into the trees.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the one. Of... It's the one from like two episodes ago. Yeah. From, from the War Mantle episode.
2: Um. And my only other note is they did this. They had to to, do this on purpose. AZ totally pulls a Leo DiCaprio in Titanic and does the like, just hang on. You're almost going to make it. And then does the like, let go and slowly float down out of out of sight.
1: Okay, okay. So I remember the very first time I watched this episode. Because AZ was in the Fives arc in Clone Wars. And like him and Fives had like such a good relationship. And there's the scene where like Fives is being taken away and AZ comes up to him. And Fives is like, Well, I guess you'll well, at least we'll have all of our memories together. And AZ's like, I'm not going to remember you. They're going to wipe my memory. And I was like, That's essentially AZ dying. And I'm like, They bring back AZ and we have him in these episodes. And like the first episode, like we lose him in the first episode because he gets taken away from Omega. And I was like, Oh no, we lost AZ again. Oh no. And then they bring him back last week and I'm like, oh my god, AZ's back. And I remember watching this episode and I had a fucking panic attack. I was like, if I have to watch AZ die after everything that happened with Fives, after everything that's happened in Bad Batch, I'm going to have a panic attack. And I was so emotional (laughs) yeah and so like when omega was like busted out of her her shell i was like yes baby girl you go save az and then
2: (laughs) az is the kenny from south park of
1: of bad batch but the thing is, is like i could see a situation where where um What's his butt crosshair shot the grappling hook to get omega and she lost az like i could see that imp- that like that situation happening and she's like reaching for him as she's being pulled away and he's being like and he's sinking down to the ocean i would have cried and i like i would have lost my mind but the fact that like we see wrecker holding az at the end of the episode i was like oh thank god like it was oh oh the first time I watched this episode, I was like on the brink of like freaking out and crying the entire time, and they almost got me. I was I was tearing up until I saw that Az was in Wrecker's arm. The first time I watched this episode, I, I very. I viscerally remember my emotions in this episode because <laughs> I still felt it. Even though I knew AZ was okay, I still felt those emotions like I know that he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be in season two. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> but I still have like feelings. Ooh, 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 ooh,
2: ooh. But yeah, maybe that'll be his thing as a droid. That'll be his repeating thing as he keeps getting his memory wiped and
1: I still <laughs> hope there's a moment and i think i mentioned this last week where he doesn't remember fives by name but he remembers the actions of fives because i think that would be a very nice moment i, I was actually after I, yeah i did talk about this last week but i actually um between us recording listen that you
2: getting all sentimental and, and and anthropomorphic about some ai here hope
1: yeah, but here's the reason why, because um, between recording last week and this week, I had a realization that Fives was Echo's best friend. And if AZ somehow remembers Fives, that could be some really big closure for Echo because Echo sort of i, I we, we don't know if Rex ever told Echo what happened to Fives. Like they they kind of hint about it around in, in the Rex episode, but they never actually tell him what happened to Fives? And I think that would be some really I, emotional scenes for Echo if AZ's like, yeah, I teamed up with uh, CT5x5 and like Echo's like, that was Fives. How did you know Fives? And then he hears from AZ how Fives essentially gave his life to save the rest of the clones. Like, I think uh, that would be such an emotional moment I, I don't to know give that, Echo. I don't know
2: if that's how your memory getting wiped works, but But then again, sometimes, you know, when you when you delete stuff on your hard drive, it's still there for a little while. 3PO
1: has gotten his memory wiped multiple times. Yeah, but but he
2: he forgot. He forgot. No, 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 no,
1: no. Wait, wait. Let me finish what I'm saying. He has had his memory wiped multiple times, but somehow he has some magical Sith language stuck inside of him. Thanks, Truss.
2: Well, that's that's that, though. (laughs) You know, come on. But
1: now it has precedence so we can use it. Run with it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that could be like, like, and like I said, like maybe he doesn't even like mention fives by name, but maybe like Echo puts the pieces together. Like, like Rex was telling me something that fives did. This sounds like fives. And like maybe like Echo saying the word fives, AZ goes, yes, CT5555. Like, you know, like, and, and that makes AZ remember. I just think that'd be a, some like really nice moments for Echo to have that closure with fives because he really doesn't have it at this time. And I just think that'd be real, I want to see it. I know. Ugh, but honestly, to be—if I'm going to be blunt—I don't trust these writers with that kind of emotion because they have yet to prove it in this show. Well, yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't.
2: I I I like like that sounds like a good like hope wants to see it moment, but like as as far as story goes, like it would be a, a long stretch just to get to that point with the like having his memory wiped and all that stuff. But yeah.
1: Oh, but they've done in that kind of thing and. Clone Wars and rebels and resistance, but they don't do it in a bad batch. Yeah. I don't trust these writers anymore. They made me not trust them anyway. Uh, did you have any other notes for the scene? For this? I do not. Uh, okay, so I think this. Yeah, this should, I think this is the final bookend I have. Omega sitting and talking with Crosshair. I actually really like this scene because in Episode One it's a very different situation and, it, and it's a very nice book in with episode one because she's begging him not to act out against the bad batch because she's under the understanding that it's his, is that it's it, that it is his inhibitor chip. That's really hard to say apparently. And so she's like, you're a good person. I know this is not you. Like she says, like, I know this isn't you. This is not who you are. But now she sees the writing on the wall it is who she is, who he is. So now when she sits with him the second time, he's essentially like, Oh, you're gonna tell me it's the inhibitor chip. And she fucking essentially tells him that he sucks. He's like, You're the, I thought I knew you and you're just a jerk. And it's it's a really nice moment where it's in contract the first episode when she's like, you're a nice guy. She sees the truth now. And she's like, no, you're not a nice guy. Like you made your bed. dude." <laughs> and I like that scene. And, and that, that's where I disagree with you. I, I do actually think it's not, it is a necessary scene. Um, I, I actually, out of any scene that I would cut, I would not cut this one because I also think because what happens immediately after that
2: scene... Well, I didn't say it was unnecessary.
1: You said something like "Well, on those lines. Um, but I, I don't know. That was like 30 minutes ago, Chris. I don't remember. <laughs> you think I listen to you when you talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but I think that's also a scene which might actually change Crosshair. Because what happens immediately after that? Omega tells him that he sucks... That this is who he is. Tech said that this is. uh, Crosshair's nature. He's not changing. What's the first thing he does? He stands up. Rejoins the group. And helps them form a plan. And I think that is. The tiniest little screw. Turning of a turning point. Of. And he also then saves Omega's life. Out of all of them. Like he's the one that goes out of his way. To save Omega's life. And so I do think that that's. The probably the most important scene of the episode, I would argue, because I do think if 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 what's his butt, crosshair does go on a redemption arc, it starts here. It starts with this scene with Omega. And this is the turning point. And I think anything that happens that is always going to come back to the scene. If I know storytelling, but these writers are losing my trust quickly.
3: <laughs> Jeez.
1: So that that's how I feel about those. Anything to add or subtract? No, not really. All right. Um I just remember the first time I watching I watched this, because they're all getting in their tubes, but Hunter and Crosshair have to share a tube. And I remember seeing that the first time going, Man, someone's gonna get stabbed <laughs> Instead of them having his own little tube. They have to share a tube. And I was like, Oh, yeah, they're
2: gonna... all on a ceasefire till they're, they're till they're safe, you know. Just, I know, I like, know. They all have to grump through it.
1: I know, I know. Um, I'm gonna get through all my yeah, yeah, we'll just go straight through. Um, so I wanted to ask you. Normally, when you have imagery that's sunny, and it's a, they come out and they get back to their ship, and it's sunny on Camino. A lot of times, like sunny days are happy, and it's great, and it's after the storm has passed. But it's kind of weird here because first of all have we ever seen a sunny day on camino have we ever
0: i don't
2: really recall one ever now that you mention it no the
1: the closest i could think of is there's an episode in clone wars called arc troopers and it's like a season three episode i'm wanting to say the first episode of season three um and the thing about that episode is, this is before they figured out how to do rain. <laughs> so to have a lot of shots in the rain would have just been feasible, like, would not have functioned in the episode. But it's not sunny in those episodes. It's cloudy. Like, there's a couple beams of sunlight here and there, but it's cloudy for that entire episode. It's not these bright blue sunny skies that we see here. So, and, of course, there's, like, the smoking and the fire in the background. But I don't know. This is, like, kind of weird imagery to me that it's... The first time, probably, that we've... Again, please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, because I I cannot remember another time. The first time we've seen Blue Skies on Camino, and they're at their lowest point. And it's it's just really interesting symbolism and imagery to me. And I wanted to hear your take on it, because I have my thoughts about it. But I wanted to hear what you thought about it, because it just seemed odd that they're at their low point but it's bright and sunny outside for the first time on their home planet
2: i think they wanted to do it just as a contrast because everything has been super dark night gothic dark blues and reds and blacks and just to have a contrast just to just and it's also just sort of us of a you know a uh, visual signal that something that 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 the dark exploding raining that's over for now but it's not over because you can still see there's the evidence that it's not over Is there's smoke It billowing up from the you know the ocean behind them so it's it's yeah it's a it's it's like a it's bittersweet imagery you know, it's maybe it maybe a little maybe it's a little ironic, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I there's no need to ask you because I I have you have a theory. I have two. I have two kind of theories, and they're okay. both kind of the same. Um, I think it's for both the Bad Batch and for Crosshair. Sunny days like this after a storm often symbolize a fresh start, and for the Bad Batch, home is gone. There is no more home, and so now the Bad Batch have this new, fresh starting point, because and they get they have this time to start over. So I think for the Bad Batch, as as the group in Omega, this is going to be a, almost like a starting point for them to kind of go out and because what everything they symbolize, being the Republic, being clones, being the Kaminoans, their homeworld, it's gone. So now, going forward, they just have to figure it out on their own because there's no more home base. So I kind of see it as a fresh start for them. And then the other way I see it is for Crosshair. If they do do a redemption arc, him standing there, in a way, he's kind of also getting a fresh start. Now, again, we know from the Season 2 trailer, he's back with the Empire. But this could be his turning point. Like, he had those moments with Omega where he doesn't look at her and she's like, you're our brother- you know, he saved her life. She's she's like she sees the writing on the wall and she sees who he is. And I think him standing there in the sun is that moment where he's like, Where am I gonna go from here? And it in it and I, I see that as a crossroads. In front of him is his past and it's fiery and it's destroyed. And he's at this crossroads where he could have went with a bad batch and fixed it and like gone back and like figured out how to be part of his family again even after and they could have worked it out and he chose the empire so it's this almost like this crossroads of emotion that behind him is the bad batch ahead of him is that his past that's completely destroyed and he chooses the empire but what does that mean and how's how are they going to take him back how is he going to function in this new world they left him for dead so i see it almost as like a bunch of imagery where it's a hint of a possible redemption, but he's not there yet because everything is still kind of on fire. For Crosshair, at least. And that that's kind of how I take it as, like, two different things. Like, it, it means something different for the Bad Batch, and it means something different for Crosshair. But it's very interesting imagery to me.
2: What about this? What if it's not about them? What if it's about the planet Camino? Yeah, that's him. And the, uh, and the, the, I just saw this in the, uh, Caminoans had, you know, the their cloning, the, their cloning business, like more and, and on every level. It's 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 really like beyond sketchy. It's like horrific. And maybe that's why Camino's been dark and stormy and angry. And now that they've been sunk to the bottom of the sea, and it's all you know, it's not happening there anymore. The sun comes out.
1: That's <laughs> the interesting. The sky turns blue. That's interesting, because there's actually kind of precedence for that. Um, Because uh, that's kind of what happens on Mustafar. Um, And because... Okay, take this with a grain of salt, because I could be misremembering this wrong. So please feel free to correct me in comments, in case I'm saying this wrong. If I remember correctly, the reason that the Kaminoans had to turn to cloning is because... If I remember correctly, their ice caps melted and the, the planet flooded right. because they misused resources. So they had to turn to cloning to survive. I th- think, if I remember correctly, that's what happened. Right. Um, but that's kind of what happened on Mustafar, where in one of the games, I think it's Vader Immortal. Um, there is these group of people and they had this like relic. I don't remember the relic's name, so we'll call it the Blue Stone because I remember it's a stone. And the stone was essentially the heart of the planet and it got misused and it cursed the planet and Vader wanted to claim it for his own. And when it was, I think it was broken in the game, if I remember correctly. And when it was broken and after Vader died the planet finally began to heal itself. And that's where plant life was coming back. And it stopped being volcanic because all the evil of the planet was essentially gone. And that's why when we get to Tross and Ben Solo in those opening scenes on Mustafar, that's why there's trees in those scenes because the planet is actually healing. And so there is precedence of once evil is removed from a planet being the Sith, Mustafar began to heal and so that could be a way of like now that the Kaminoans are gone the planet could be starting to heal in its own way yeah and I mean not even
2: even literally but just you know sort of symbolically by that happening you know
1: yeah so I I could dig that I mean there is precedence for it of that kind of mystical story in Star Wars
2: all all three of our all three of our theories could all be baked into it too. You know, there could have been yeah. a, whole, a, a whole circular table full of people going. Then, what if it's the planet healing himself? Yes, yes, that too.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think it's supposed to be very open ended. And actually, yeah. listeners, I would love to hear what you guys think. Like, what what do you think the uh, first sunny day of Camino means? Even though the bad batch are at their lowest point, I would love to hear what and, the listeners say about. And
2: this then episode. we could get one of the animators, and they were just like yeah we had a really it just didn't look right at night, so we uh, and in the rain, so we decided to do it. you know, it could be something as simple as that, you know, and it just ran with it, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, like we did know. it.
2: We did it with it raining and stuff, and it just didn't feel right so that we did
1: it. <laughs> I what watch the episode be like we were really over budget, so we couldn't animate rain and we
2: didn't we were just <laughs> sick of doing the goddamn rain to tell you the we'd, truth
1: we were so over budget by the final a simple, scene. sunny
2: day for christ's sakes
1: <laughs> i would actually i mean we're talking that, about the- that i did you know i mean
2: the thing about it is we always think of these things as being super professional and they have to give the the you know everything everything you see from the like president of the united states down to tv shows it's like and they do to a certain extent have their shit together but when you get like when you get there, it's like any other job site, you know. Sometimes things go haywire and you're just like, ah, sunny day.
1: I mean, we're Dead talking about
2: tomorrow, sunny day.
1: We're, we're talking about the uh, people who when they needed to make a Jedi for an episode of Clone Wars, and he this new brand new Jedi was gonna die in the same episode, they named him uh die. when you <laughs> when you put it together it's i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the people who when they were trying to name a creature in rubbles they just wrote the letters tdb for to be determined and then they ended up calling the creatures tbds <laughs> same people so i wouldn't put it past yeah
2: them. <laughs> yeah such is the nature of art
1: yeah yeah Sometimes there's a lot of instances in Star, and this is not the, me shitting upon it. I think it's really funny, and I, I think it's kind of yeah. charming. Yeah. There, there's a lot of moments in Clone Wars and Rebels where they were just like, I don't fucking know. Just name it a TBD. TBD. If like
2: if, if you have something that's so that. so, like like a machine, uh, and and without that stuff, it it could it ends up getting soulless. So you need that. You you need that chaos. Element of it, so yeah. Who knows?
1: Um. Okay. Here, ready for my really. Uh. Actually, let me do my like last two like little notes first. Right. Um. Because one we kind of answered, which is, do you think last week and this week should have been one episode? I think we both agree, yes, right?
2: In one way or another, yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, feel the same way. And the other one is, um, my little note is it's not really like a point. I just I'm really excited to see what they do with Nala say next season and how it connects to The Mandalorian. Because that medical officer is wearing the same outfit as Dr. Pershing. Oh, yeah, for sure. From the, yeah, from the Mandalorian. So it's it's not really a, like a big point. I just I'm really excited to see what they do with that storyline because I think it's could be really cool to see how it connects with Mando. So. All right. Time for my really big, messy, rambling crosshair note. Okay. <laughs> so some of this I've already touched on. Um like the like part of it, I've already talked about where I really am excited to see what they do with him, with the Empire. Like when he goes back, and cause the Empire left him for dead, and he's still staying with them, and why? I really hope they get into that. Um, I started thinking about it though. I'm wondering if this is a pride thing. You know, he made his choice, so he's like, oh, I made my bed, I got to lay yeah, in it. Yeah, no,
2: that's his. That's his like. That's like one of his clone traits. So he's just, you know it's it's yeah it, it, it very well could be you know and just stubbornness too will make people do that and yeah. maybe maybe he's he seems to have sort of like a streak of tech in him where he's kind of like i'm logical and you know just put a cold eye on things but he's not smart like as smart as tech so he's like that's, i think i'm betting on a winner you know
1: that's really funny because my next point is Crosshair specifically tells Hunter that Hunter takes things too personally, but the entire last week's episode is Crosshair wanting airing to settle personal
2: grievances against
1: yep. Hunter. So You guys hurt my
2: feelings, per- dude.
1: Yeah, so who's taking things personally here? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> I'm going to pull out my Yoda voice.
2: <laughs> One thing humans can do is project.
1: So Even I clone do- humans. So I do think a lot of it is a pride thing because I think there's part of him that does have a lot of mixed emotions because he wouldn't be airing grievances if he didn't have mixed emotions. He clearly has a lot of like squiggy feelings around Omega um, because he could have just left her to die. And so like there's a lot of mixed emotions that I really hope they get into season two. But there's one instance that stands out to me that is really interesting And it's when, and this is why I noted it in my recap, he willingly gives his rifle to Wrecker after he saves Omega. And I think that's interesting because that rifle is Crosshair's entire identity. Right. He is the sniper. His name is Crosshair. And he willingly hands it over to the Bad Batch and leaves himself unarmed. So he strips away this piece of his identity and gives it to them. And I don't know quite what to make of that, but I think it's a very interesting moment. And I I almost wonder if going into season 2, if he's going to almost embrace what Hunter says because Hunter says the empire is just going to see you as a number what if he starts referring to himself as his number? I, I don't know. There's so he much. He might. There. That, he might just decide.
2: You know. I think he likes the empire. You know, it's more like him. He remember he's done. He's done a little bit of uh, just massacring people in cold. He has fight. done
1: some war crimes.
2: Yeah. So you know, he might. He it might be more his speed. You know, he seems to. He seems to get into being like. Well, then they'll I'll die. Then you know. So.
1: Yeah, but the, the the giving of the rifle is the point that's very interesting to me.
2: Well, it might be something he feels that links him to them, so he's getting re- You know, he's, oh,
1: that's interesting.
2: He's he's giving it up before he goes part of his identity before he goes back into the empire. You know.
1: Yeah, because I I wrote here. I don't he know. Shouldn't if he shouldn't
2: have that with him while he's there.
1: And and I wrote I don't know if it's it's a sign of goodwill or not. I don't it's think similar it's similar
2: to the Obi-Wan story actually in a lot of ways. How how do you mean? In, in that, like where Vader and Obi-Wan both have to like sort of give up on each other or you know sort of to go out, you know, for v- Vader had to sort of like forgive Obi- Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan had to be forgiven to go on and be like you know, at peace on tattooing and Vader had to, had to, had to have some sort of closure, you know, moment with Obi-Wan before he could fully serve, you know, um, his master.
1: Oh, that's interesting. You're right. That That's very interesting. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, God, I'm on, I'm on still lost stars trip. Um, my second Lost Stars note in like two weeks. Uh, everyone, please go read Lost Stars. It's so good. Um, in a lot of ways, to go back to the pride thing, Crosshair reminds me of the character Cyana Ree. So, Cyana uh, uh, willingly, willingly joins the Empire. If you somehow missed last week's episode, um, Lost Stars is about two people, Cyana and Thane, and they're childhood friends, and they both join the Empire. And Thane sees the writing on the wall and he defects and he joins the rebellion. And she stays with the Empire. Now, the interesting thing about Sienna that they just do not get right in the manga because we don't get her internal dialogue. With Sienna, her culture is deeply ingrained with honor and keeping promises. So when you give your word, if you break that, it's dishonorable. And it goes against her very core basic moral principles. So she really does start seeing the problems with the empire and it becomes an existential crisis because it's essentially her breaking her honor that she was raised on. And like even like when she goes back to her home world and she sees that the empire has trashed her home world She's, like, talking with her father, and she's, like, if I leave the Empire, I'm breaking my honor, you know, I'm breaking my pride and my system and, like, everything that you raised me on, and... So, like, and that becomes a big driving point of why she stays with the Empire for so long because it's part of her moral existential self. And I kind of feel that way with Crosshair in a lot of ways that his pride is so deeply ingrained. Even if he does see everything that Hunter's talking about, if he goes back on that, he's saying that he was wrong. Hunter was right. And he essentially has to stop and go, damn, I did war crimes and I have to face those mistakes. And it's the easier path to keep doing the wrong thing because he doesn't have to face himself. Just like Siana didn't want to have to face mm. herself.
2: And internally, he's probably just like, I was built to do this. I was built to have, uh, you know, be in a chain of command and work for you know a power structure <laughs> and that's how he probably you know so you know i was genetically built to do that you they know? all were and i get to kill yeah but he probably just it's easier for him to embrace it and just be like that's my destiny that's all i am because that's what i was made that was what i was made to do you know
1: yeah so uh, yeah i think i think crossroads i'm i'm really interested to that see is where my they go.
2: piece in the machine
1: yep um, oh, interesting. I wonder if Crosshair has a lot of self-worth.
2: It's probably due to how well he functions as a piece of the machine, <laughs> maybe. Yeah,
1: and and I think that's, that's interesting that the Bad Batch this season found a lot of their self-worth in what they were doing, even though they were mercenaries and they were helping people and they found a lot of self-worth through Rex. I don't know if Crosshair found self-worth, and I think that might be something he struggles with. I think that would be a very beautiful storyline they do with him. And last but not least, I don't trust these writers to do it. (laughs) I don't trust them to do that beautiful nuance of a story. They have yet to prove to me that they can. Anyway, did you have anything else about Camino Lost?
2: I do not.
1: All right, score up the episode for me, Chris.
2: I liked the last episode. I I liked this episode a lot. It's beautiful to look at. Um, I liked the last episode better. I gave it an 8.5. Down wow. half a point from the last episode.
1: Wow, I scored lower than you.
2: I, I see that.
1: Um, not by much, though. Um, I think that this episode should have been one nice long episode, even if they didn't change it. <laughs> anything in this episode. I think it should have been one episode with last week because this episode's awesome, but it cannot stand on its own. It's not as tight as last episode. It's not as well written. It's missing all the character beats, except for, like, Wrecker and Tex moments and Omega's moments. But, like, last week was way better. Um, And so I gave it an 8 out of 10. It was still good. Yeah. It just, last week was be- way yeah. better.
2: Last last week, the shot of the Star Destroyer blasting down on Camino seemed more like the end of a season than the end of this one to me. Mm-hmm. Well, as,
1: as always we would love to hear your feedback On iTunes Twitter or on the 2 True Freaks Facebook page I actually checked iTunes Today and we haven't had any new Reviewers over on iTunes so if you like your show Go review it even though I know like Most of you are on Spotify now <laughs> Yeah yeah.
2: I mean iTunes has sort of ha- Had it's day
1: I would love to figure out how to get us on Spotify As much as you hate it <laughs> We have this talk constantly, you guys. It's fine. Um, anyway, this week our feedback comes from Facebook and Twitter for our Bad Batch episode, Devil's Deal, a.k.a. the Hope Thirst episode that she took Chris completely by surprise with. Didn't and just see so it coming. You, just so you know, the dashes separate the conversations.
2: Yes. Okay, the first one comes from Paul C. Kelly. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Notice I'm adding extra, oh, yes, because Paul C. Kelly tried to get tricky and put a real, oh, yeah. In his. <laughs> so now I'm augmenting his, oh, yeah, with my, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I recall the Hauser memes when this episode first came out. A lot of crushing on that one.
1: That was a really fun two weeks. <laughs> When when Hot Houser came out, like, hashtag hashtag Hot Houser was a thing. Oh, God.
2: Everybody's lined up outside the bathroom at their house. Hope! Hope!
0: Come on!
1: The funny thing is, though, like, straight men were like, yeah, Houser's great. (laughs) Like, it wasn't just, like, ladies and gay people and, and queer people and stuff like that. Everybody was like, fucking hauser man (laughs) like it was a thing
2: that's yeah that's that's odd that's odd to me but i live in an odd world
1: everybody was thirsting over hauser for two weeks it was great
2: all right our next one comes from aaron henley and he says i'll be entirely honest why aaron why will you be entirely honest are you usually lying is that what you're saying that's what my roommate does every time someone says i'll be honest i'll be honest with you Why are you usually not honest with me? (laughs) And uh, and, and I just, I have to tell her all the time. I'm like, you're just defeating one of like, just it's fun to say. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) You (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I think that all the penguins should be thrown in the volcano. Got to be honest with it. Okay. Anyway, Aaron Henley says, I'll be entirely honest. I had stopped watching the Bad Batch long before this point. Knowing that Hera and Chopper show up, well, I have some catching up to do. And Hope says, I'm curious why you stopped watching. The show was a bit up and down for me, my first viewing, so I get it. And Aaron said, uh, it was when Omega was revealed to be a perfect clone of Django. My science brain just couldn't accept it. Now I'm just going to let the story play out and not get too hung up on the small things. I I actually looked that up to see if, like, clones or identical twins could be two different two different um sexes and they can't
1: i had one
2: odd there's odd like there's odd kinds of identical twins that have done it before in weird kinds of pregnancy but this is um um test tube stuff so like, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, know what the, the meaning behind it is. or But I, again, I, I don't I, know what his DNA is. You know, there, there could be stuff in his DNA that says, yeah, you can clone me into a girl or whatever.
1: So, so OK, whatever. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to address this here because I did not want to put this in the Facebook group and deal with shitty assholes in our Facebook group. So that's why I want to address this here. I can fix this really easily. You ready?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Omega is trans. Problem okay. solved. <laughs> but what
0: about what about uh
2: boba boba then? Because Boba's also a perfect clone of Django. Yeah, that's
1: the thing. They both they're both perfect non-altered clones of Django. She's trans. She chooses to be a girl. Why but why do they, why do, the they why do
2: they why do they look d- different? I don't I mean, sure, it could like no, I mean, here, basically, since we don't know anything about like how these characters' biology work, I can just go like, "Oh, okay, you can, you know, you know, the X chromosomes in this species, this version of you know branch of humans that the clones were using that, you know." Um, I, I guess. Here, okay. Here, I don't I,
1: know. No, I, I, I know things. I can't talk about them. And I've ma- I made a promise to a person I wouldn't talk about this. So I'm going to do this carefully. Um, I don't think these writers realized that they wrote a trans of heavily transcoded story for Omega. By making her a perfect Django clone and a girl, I don't think they realized that they wrote it. Now, they have one of two things. They can either go back on their own canon and double down that she's a perfect clone, but a girl, which means that she's altered. They could really go double down and do that. Or they can go, Hey, we didn't mean to do this, but let's embrace it. Hire some trans writers. We'll get some consultants and we'll do something groundbreaking and historic. And they could go that route with it and tell a very beautiful story. And I'm gonna say it again. I do not trust these writers because Hope knows things and she can't talk about it. And I'm mad. Yeah, I don't.
2: But- I, don't I, I don't. Yeah, I just don't think. I like. I would think, like, the Star Wars universe is really weird, where it does like. But it it seems like that sort of aspect of it isn't like a big f- factor of. S- s- scandal or people trying to figure out like what's going on in your pants, you know, and star well Star Wars just in general, nobody's trying to figure out what's going on. Very rarely is somebody trying to figure out what's going on in someone's pants. Like you know, there's there's very little romance in it. I think you
1: said it best. You said it. The only time sex matters is when you're making very important babies.
2: Right, right, right. So you said that before. (laughs) So like there's nobody going like I you know, blah 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 and like and and so I I just think like you know whatever whatever whatever's going on in in Boba Fett's pants and Omega's pants, it's just doesn't seem to be a factor in that universe. If they, they if they're gonna want to go out and get lucky, they're gonna go out and get lucky, and that that everybody's figured out how to do that. In yeah, this like, galaxy. I mean, there's, there's so there's
1: there's trans characters in the Star Wars universe, and like. You want to make Omega an all unaltered perfect clone of Django, but she's a girl? Fine, she's trans. Fix the problem. Problem fixed. <laughs> Run with it. That's the story. And, like, I just, I.
2: I'm just say, why would they have different colored hair? You know, it's weird, but. Maybe she dies
1: it. Maybe that's... Boba dies it.
2: Or maybe Boba dies it. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, because, like, Boba, like, probably, like, what, he would have come out of the um what you what you know the pit you know after sitting in the pit for a long time with like his he would have had roots at least
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't know i don't know um, but yeah
2: I'm, i yeah i yeah i i agree with your theory that they just wrote themselves into that without thinking about it and then that they, they're and and they uh, have to make a choice and, now going forward or or, or they'll just just skate along and just <laughs> just sort of just sort of mm. did we say that i don't know what
1: oh,
2: yeah i don't know i just best
1: but but that, that, that that's
2: what that's what i would choose to be that that would be the option i would i would bet money on happening
1: they're, they're just gonna skate along and just pretend it didn't happen yeah yeah i just i don't know I but that's that's my answer, Aaron. That's how it fixes itself in my brain. She's a perfect Django clone. Cool, she's trans. Problem solved. <laughs> that's how I fix it. Sorry. Um I just want everybody to know for our last piece of um of feedback. I it's a picture and I just want to hear Chris describe this GIF. Now the GIF is not moving. So Chris, so you know, it started lower this... and it panned up. Okay. I just wanted to hear you describe it.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is a rectangular photograph or picture, drawing.
1: It is uh, from Facebook.
2: De- from Facebook, from Gene Hendrix. It's Gene Hendrix posted a picture or a GIF. It, it says, Hauser coming on screen as seen by Hope. And okay, so I'll, I'll describe the movement just for my imagination as it starts on the loins of, of a what seems to be a kind of chiseled purple-tinged man with purple hair looking to be draw, rendered in an anime style, perhaps a frame from an anime movie with purple flames um, just coming up behind him. And he's got sort of a sardonic smile on his face with long purplish hair that, that hangs over his eyes. And it is titled Yummy with a little smile with the closed eyes licky smiley face emoji
1: the most important part is he's shirtless
2: he is shirtless yes and 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 And,
1: and i should start let you know the gift starts right above his hips insinuating there are no pants and it pans up on his shirtless upper torso all -hmm. the way up and this is yummy yep okay so shirtless man and yes yes uh, hauser did come on my screen and i was like if anybody
2: else needs any uh, gifts described for their podcast i will happily uh come in and describe any gifts
1: candy so i I have to tell you all a really funny story actually before we start um so we pick our candy every week and there's a candy that i wanted to eat and it was a kit kat popcorn and it was caramel salted, uh, salted caramel popcorn flavored Kit Kat. And I've been so excited to eat it, and I had two. And I was like, Chris. And, I, and part of the reason why I wanted to eat it because I ate what because I had two. I ate one a few days ago, so I was like, I kind of want to go ahead and do this other one, so like Chris can have it too. So because I just had it and I know what it tastes like, and I have my thoughts on it, and I want to share it. So I messaged the image to Chris. I was like, Let's do this one this week. And Chris writes me back, I don't have that candy. Where did you get it? And I said, oh, I had two. And then it dawned on me, and I went, oh, I had two. (laughs) And I realized I had Christmas And I ate both of them. (laughs) It was delicious. I
2: would have eaten both of them.
1: Um, but this week, uh, our candy from our lovely friend Dario, um, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eatin' to Beat It, um, since it's candy from all over the world to review, and this week we have the Cadbury 5-star from England. Fuck, I It's this I admit-
2: tiny little candy and it actually says 20% extra on it. It's like Ooh, how small- smell it. Ooh. Smell it. Oh.
1: Oh, it's not. It's. I thought it was going to be like a Kit-Kat. Oh, no, that's paper. Mm. Let's not eat the paper. Oh, it's
2: chewy.
1: Mhm. I thought it was going to be wafery. But it's like it's almost like pure
2: caramel with... Like a nougat that's like caramel with just a coating of chocolate over it. It's really mm. good.
1: It's almost like a brownie texture.
2: It's got almost. a very brownie flavor to it.
1: Yeah, it's dense like a brownie. It's really thick. Mmm. But it's not chewy like sticking to your teeth like caramel. Which I appreciate because I don't like when candy getting to my teeth.
2: It also mm. says new, yeah. s- new softer bar. Mmm. So it's softer than it was before.
1: Mmm. It's really tasty. It is. Mm-hmm.
2: It reminds me of those little Debbie brownies that have those little thin little Debbie brownies that have. This would taste good with some little nuts crushed up on it.
1: Yeah, it needs it needs something to break up the chewy. I I like like either like a oh, like almost oh like the crispy things in crunch bars. Mm-hmm. Mm, that would be really good, but this is really tasty. It's just really dense. Mm. Thank you, Dario. We love you. Mm.
3: Hmm.
1: Oh my god, I have to do a volution next week and I don't know which one I'm doing. Probably Omega.
2: Well, I'll just say in the soundtrack recording, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of um music from um from the bar. So you, Man, could, you If you so did, was and, and you did you did you did an impression Adam it's it's she's um Rhea Perlman's character's name is escaping me Sid Sid but you did Sid's voice once and it was pretty damn close
1: I don't remember how I did it (laughs) but I was I was just thinking like if Sid was in every episode maybe I would do Sid but maybe I should do it from the point of view of gonky or something (laughs) but then gonky well Sid they
2: could have Omega could have when Sid and Omega hang out Omega could tell her about the first few episodes
1: yeah, I I'd have to figure it out because I know next week, um next week we're doing our season one recap, guys. So you guys know what that means. It's gonna be a volution next week. Recap- and yeah, so I gotta figure out what Recaparama. What's yeah. My my only thing about doing Sid is what if Sid's barely in season two? And then I'd be like, oh fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I might do like oh my old oh, will I'll figure out the volution next week. Maybe I'll do Hunter. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but, hey.
2: gonk evolution.
1: Gonky just sits on the ship. He's like, I was just on the ship.
2: Gonk, gonk. I think gonks only say gonk.
1: They do. They do. And then he's just like, I sat on the ship, and nobody could understand me.
2: Yeah, no, you just just come in and gonk, gonk it up for, like, gonk. 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll put some music under it, and it'll be done.
1: <laughs> do you know how horrible gonk, that would be?
2: gonk, gonk, no. gonk. People would listen to it all the way through,
1: I guarantee it. Uh, uh. And then I would like put in like one like mini line in the middle that was like, and then I had my brave moment where I came up and I saved the day and they plugged <laughs> me into the ship and then I would skonk. Gonk, <laughs> gonk. No, we are not doing that, you guys. <laughs> and then
2: I gonked the gonk and we were gonk and the gonk.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm not sure yet of what I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, if you don't have anything else for communal loss, where can people find you, Chris?
2: You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com, that is our podcast website because that's what .com means and you can also find us on Facebook where, when we, at the 2 Freaks podcast Facebook page where we post up all the shows as they come out, all the brand new shows and, you know, the 2TrueFreaks Freaks. Facebook page has all the old shows, years and years and years. I mean, we started in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. One of those years. It's so long ago. Um, There's also the Two True Freaks Cantina on Facebook, where you can go and just sort of hang out. It's sort of a hangout group. And we are also on the horrific, horrific Twitter but the good thing about that is if you go look up Two True Freaks on Twitter you're not going to be met by a bot or a bitter troll you're going to be met by a long purple haired god Jean Jean the yummy machine
1: I was about to say Jean sends me hot gifts Jean <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you looked at the shirtless part <laughs> I had to say the shirtless part that was the most i was trying i was
2: trying to be like really super like like descriptive of it too but i Look was up, i was way too art. i was way too dry which actually is funny because that should have made me thirsty but it didn't <laughs> anyway that's where they can find me where can they find you hope
1: you can find me at J Guys and Jedi on twitter i run our twitter account you can also find me at hope Malamax on twitter um i have a linkedin you can go to all my stuff there too i'm also a staff writer for the geeky waffle and i've just started doing episode recaps of dead in paranormal park so you can check those out over there i've been on space waffles which is our um star wars show for the waffles run by my friend arzu i've also and going to be in an upcoming episode of bookmark and busy which is our fan fiction podcast highly recommend it it's really really good if you wanted to hear just kind of like a cool deep dive and like people's process with writing and fandom and how they experience fandom um, it's really fascinating podcast highly recommend it um and actually in the fall so i'm really announcing this way 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 ahead of time but they just asked me um, our friends from Triad of the Force have invited me to talk about an episode of Bad Batch in the Fall, and it is a live show on YouTube, so you can see me talk live there, and if you don't know about Triad of the Force, it is a podcast from three Puerto Ricans talking about Star Wars and other nerd whimsies that we happen to come up upon. Um, and they're just really sweet and I adore them. So go check out Try Try Out of the Force prior to me being on it in the fall to talk about season two of Bad Batch. So very excited <laughs> about that. I guess I should also mention this too, because I don't talk about it no- enough I'm also the moderator Friday nights for Pink Milk. Um, and they are a Star Wars podcast, a queer podcast and um you can find me f- friday nights most of the time unless i'm busy but i'm usually there almost every friday night in their chat room as their moderator and uh we hang out over there and we talk about a lot of fun stuff and like last week's episode was breaking down Osage ventress as a character and it was really fascinating and talking about like queer mentors and stuff um so we have fun over there so come hang out with us friday nights over on youtube on pink milk because you'll find me there so I gotta do Evolution next week. <laughs> I know it's like everyone's favorite part, but it stresses me out so much. <laughs> oh boy! And Then we have Mando. Oh Mando, Let me be back in Mando. <laughs> I miss animation already. <laughs> We're not even out oh, of it yet. God. Oh, I don't miss I don't it. Like it. I know, I know. I'm very excited for the fall, though. I, you know rewatching bad batch a second time through i really dug season one a lot more um than i did the first time through and so i really liked going through it this time so i'm really excited for season two um and i can't wait to see where the show goes I'm also excited about Tales of the Jedi coming this fall, and just all, and Andor, I can't wait for us to get to Andor, so there's, there's just a lot of like, Obi-Wan,
2: it's gonna be pretty fun to do,
1: yeah, brief, but fun, oh, I'm very excited about Obi-Wan, like, there's a lot, I'm, I'm especially excited about Obi-Wan, because I've only seen the show once, and there's two episodes right in the middle. Where I had COVID, so they're kind of a fever dream for me because I don't really remember.
2: I thought the them. whole I thought the whole show was kind of a fever dream in itself, so that's very apt.
1: I but like there's parts of like I don't really remember episode four and five because I had COVID, but I just know that stuff happened. <laughs> um. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about, like, the stuff that we're doing. I just, I don't, I'm not really excited about Mando Season 2. I I wasn't a fan, and I'm not really excited about Book of Boba Fett. Not a fan, so. (laughs) Uh, We have to get, we gotta slog through those two. But we'll see. But maybe, uh, maybe I'll feel the same way as I did about Bad
3: Batch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, maybe Uh, I would feel the same way as I did about Bad Batch. Like, I was kind of mixed going into Season 1, and I really enjoyed watching it a second
2: time. Yeah, I enjoyed both of those, so.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I'll I'll be okay. um, Come back next week with you guys, and we'll wrap up season one of Bad Batch. All right. right, Bye, everyone.
2: Bye.
0: Bye.